Welcome everybody to the Black Sheep Perspective. Today is a very special day. I have a close friend of mine, uh, somebody who I share a lot of common common grounds with when it comes to the uh, mixed martial arts world, the striking world, the uh, boxing world. He's also somebody who, man, he's like one of those dudes that I should have been hanging with in another life or some shit like that. Every time we hang out, we vibe. Um, everybody, please give a big applause to Mikey Rodriguez. <laughs> What's up, Mikey? What's up, Wes? I still got my boy Gus over here with me, of course, co-hosting like a motherfucker. I'm a little quiet now because I'm still shook from uh, Mikey's story from before when we were talking off camera. Man, so everybody tuning in right now, I, I got to slow Mikey down. <laughs> I got to slow Mikey down. He's got so much great shit to talk about, so many different things, upbringing, uh, where it all started, backgrounds, what he used to see. It's just, it's going to be a great podcast, man. So, um... Mike, thank you for thank you for being here, dude. Uh, you know, I reached out to you and you were like nothing. You were just, yeah, man, let's do it. When? <laughs> uh, my pleasure. Man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna interrupt real quick because you forgot to introduce. So, Mikey is a boxing coach at one of the top gyms in the MMA world. Yes. If you are just a fan, you know who ATT is. That's right, Coconut Creek for sure. So let me let's start it there. That you're talking to somebody that actually knows his ish. Well, he knows more than his ish, man. Been through a lot of fire, been experienced a lot of wars. Um, we're going to go into the background in regards to wh who made Mikey what he is. But before that, because of the introduction you just gave him, let, let's hear a little bit about this boxing background, <clears throat> where that whole thing started, you know, what, what, what ended up bringing you to this fucking one of the world's best gyms. Um, give, give us a take on that, bro. Well, essentially, it's, it's just like this, you know, where I grew up, my neighborhood, you know, uh, at the time, boxing was a sport. You know, I grew up in the inner city. I grew up in East Harlem, which is in New York. And um, just about every person I knew loved the sport of boxing. That was the sport, other than baseball. So it was either, in my neighborhood, it was, it was either, you know, you were a boxing fan or you were a baseball fan. There wasn't really anything else going on. I mean, you get some peripheral people with basketball, but it was all about, you know, boxing. Okay. And then, so who, who did you start young? Were you boxing on your own, or did you start, uh, what was the tutelage? How, where did all that come from? Well, actually, like, the first time I even put on gloves and hit a bag, I, I probably was, like, maybe, like, nine years old, and uh, which is, you know, typical of my neighborhood. And um, at the time, you know, my mom was uh, dating someone, <laughs> who was involved in, you know, combat sports. And he had a setup with, uh, you know, mats and heavy bags and stuff. So when we would visit there, you know, we would just, that would be an activity for us to do. And so I just started that way. And then throughout the years, you know, you go ahead and you're, you, know, you, you start, begin to train. You're training with your friends. I mean, you train anywhere. We train in the, in the alley. We train in the hallway of a building. <laughs> it didn't make a difference where it was. It was just all up. And plus, another thing also is, it, not only was it a sport for us, it, it was a way of life because where I grew up and how we grew up, people that that garnered a lot of respect in my neighborhood are people who knew how to throw, throw those hands. Right, right, right. And you had to know how to throw those hands. Rough, rough upbringing back then. Yeah, like everybody else. I mean, common in those types of environments and neighborhoods. You know, but um, it was like more of you earned your respect on the street that way, and you know it would behoove you to have skills 
if you were out there on the street. So that progress, and then eventually, what brought you into actually coaching as a boxing coach, assisting or whatever it was when you were younger? Well, I've I've um I've always had periods where I was training. I've had periods where I wasn't training growing up. You know, I was doing different thi- <clears throat> doing different things, getting into different things. You know, sometimes you get caught up in uh, street life, right? <clears throat> and everything else takes a back seat when you're involved in that. Of course. You're more focused on, you know, what's going on in the neighborhood and how you're going to go ahead and, you know, do your thing. So I would have periods of inactivity where I I didn't really do much as far as training. And then I would get back involved in a little bit of training, and then I wouldn't. But for me, it wasn't boxing and stuff like that. It wasn't about um, doing it for the sport and being, you know, like, Regarded as being competitive, you know, participating in like you know competitions, I, I've had a few amateur fights, nothing extensive, but it wasn't about that for me. It was more about like you know, keeping on, keeping on point because you're out there on the block. Right, right. Got to keep that them skills up. Right, right. So you weren't trying to chase a career. You were just trying to make sure you stayed sharp for what, what was very uh, common to come your way in the streets. You know, which was fight. But and back then, they actually threw hands. They weren't fucking so quick to goddamn shoot. Now, maybe the mobsters, maybe the gangsters. I mean, I'm sure you had a, you saw that too, right, back then? Yeah, no, you're 100% right. Back in the day, I mean, everything was settled with the hands. I mean, everything. Uh, Fist fights, broad daylight, on the block, in the corner. That was a common occurrence. And uh, and that's how you got your respect. You know, that could have been a musical hook right there. That's a rap hook. Fist fights. (laughs) Common, <laughs> right there every night. <laughs> more or less, more or less. Uh, pay attention, rappers. You fucking mumbling, jumbling motherfuckers. <laughs> Send me a royalty check. Hey, <laughs> keep it going though. But yeah, so that was common, and that's that's what happened. So yeah, that, that was it was common, and um, you know, we just grew up that way. And don't forget now, also, a lot of people were fighting um, during that time and and training because. That's when Bruce Lee and the Kung Fu flicks was out. Oh, okay. Okay. So Oh, obviously. my God. Watching the Chinese Connection, Fist of Fury, <laughs> all that, and you come out of the movie theater with your boys, and everybody's, like, throwing kicks. <laughs> Yo, by the, by, by the way, Mikey, you and I are going to get to vibe on a lot of things that my, my little young broski over here. Yeah, I definitely won't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Bruce Lee's <laughs> definitely a big impact for me, but I, I didn't. I wasn't around when it first But you're 24. Came out. Yeah, I'm 24. So... Mikey, yeah. you and I, we're, we're uh, fine. We're, we're fine wine. We're, we're fine we're wine. Older. We're older. Sexy motherfuckers. Oh, for sure. I'm definitely. I've definitely uh, reached a point in my life where it's probably at the peak. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, you know what? Before the, before the podcast is completely done, we're going to come up with a new way to answer. How old are you? Sexy as fuck. <laughs> I go with that one also. You know, don't worry about how old I am, baby. It's about how old I feel. <laughs> so, so how did your um? What was up with your parents in regards to this? You know, this upbringing that you were having up over here in Harlem, in New York. You know, what was how were they involved? Where was your dad? Where was your mom? How they feel about things like that? You know, because back then it was it was rough. People get involved, and if, if you saw some stuff, a lot of times parents were involved, or they looked the other way, or they didn't. You know, how was that? Well, I didn't grow up with my father. Um. I may have seen my father in my whole entire life, probably not, not even 10 times. You know, um, I grew up uh, with my mother 
and my two other siblings at the time. And, um, you know, we were just neighborhood kids. Mom was working, you know, trying to do what she can do the best she can. And uh, we more or less were like kids on, you know, on the block. I mean, doing our own thing. Right. Figuring, figuring things out for ourselves and and figuring things out by the people that were around us, you know, the influences of the people that were around us. And right. not all of them were good, but, you know, that's the way it was back then. I mean, I'm a kid also. There was a program in, in New York called the um, uh, the Fresh Air Fund. And I'm, I'm a Fresh Air Fund kid, you know. And the Fresh Air Fund was essentially a program for inner city kids who could go ahead and venture out of New York with a host family. It could be in, in the same state, upstate New York. It could be a different state, Massachusetts, Iowa. It didn't matter. They had host families that would take these uh, inner city kids and have them for two weeks during the summertime. And uh, I did that. I was a participant of that program for, I think, maybe four years or so. So each summer, I would uh, go ahead and go with a host family. Actually, one, ho- one, fa- one family had me for three summers. Because they liked me. What kind of impact do you think that had on you? Like, you know, you're the only one who could describe that. Was was that more of a little vacation from the norm because, you know, the streets was what it was? Was that more of a, you know what, I don't get this from mom. There is no dad. This is kind of cool. Um, it was, it was, honestly, it was a little bit of a vacation from the, from the norm. And I think looking back now, I can honestly say what it, what it really helped me with. It was it exposed me exposed me to a different way of living it exposed me to you know a different group of people people that did not live the way we lived in my neighborhood um these were you know they were it was an awesome family i remember the family name they they were from Cortland, new york and i always give i always give props to them because they treated me so well um they were their name awesome. was their name was the uh, the pharaoh yeah it was pharaoh the pharaohs yeah, yeah pharaoh family and the and the dad was um, I think his name was Sam Sam Farrell. This is a long time ago, so forgive me if it's if I'm not correct on his first name, but I believe it was Sam. But they were Farrells, and they were up in Cortland, New York, and they uh, there was uh, they treated me so nice. They were so good to me, and uh, my time spent with them was 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 nothing but joy. I remember when um did you ever Gus you ever seen that um that that spe- it's not a special but when Steve Harvey. Uh, gave a shout out where he broke down. He broke down just like exactly what you're doing right now. Well, you're not yeah. breaking down, but well, I'm saying, hold, to be honest with you, you're holding back too. Yeah, I'm holding a little back well, because as I was as I was thinking about it, um, it's you know started to like get you know, a spark a little bit yeah, of emotion. Yeah, it, it takes you there. Yeah. You know, so Steve Harvey was he? I think on this, uh, it was his show, and he was going through one of those awesome rants of his. You know, of just like telling people you should this, you should that, but about 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 all that bullshit, not bullshit, but and. Somewhere there, he was talking about don't ever forget where you come from and this and that. He he was getting in that, but you didn't see it about to take a flip the way it did, take a turn the way it did. He's like, you need this, you need that. Don't ever forget where you come from, this and that. Because even to this day, yeah, I'm rich. Yeah, I'm this. Yeah, I'm that. But I'll never forget. I'll never. And, and boy, Brian, right just that quick, he broke down. He broke down crying. It was like, holy shit, what's he talking about? And then he spoke about, he goes, these two white Parents, mm-hmm. these two white folks. I don't think they adopted him, but I think it was like something like what you just described, and that impacted his life forever. He would never forget that. He would never forget those two people. Well, matter of fact, fast forward. Once he gave that story, 
his production crew went behind his back, found those two people. Wow. And then fucking surprised them with wow. him. And wow, he broke shit. and he broke down even more. Do not look this shit up because we ain't trying to be in tears over here, right? <laughs> but to. nah, 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 for real. We don't need to look that up. No, no, no. That's a that's amazing. But, that's but, an amazing story. Yeah, I dude, can, yeah, yeah. And, it's, I, it's, and I can relate, trust me, I can relate because uh like I said, it was um it was probably something that I didn't realize at the time, but I can look back and, and understand that it, it was probably something that I needed in my life. When when did you lose contact with them? I'm assuming that you have. Oh, uh, so long ago. Yeah. I mean, I was still a little boy. Right. Okay. Okay. So when was the last time that you remember seeing? Was it 10, 12-ish, 13-ish? I, I probably was uh, maybe 10 years old, maybe. Okay. Yeah. 10, I would say 10 years old. It's crazy. Um, A lot of, I don't want to say bad parents, but a lot of parents out there or people out there tend to overlook or undermine the the just how big of an impact a, a, a young memory in, in, in the age of 10, 11, 12, something that just seems like, oh, yeah, that's when, you know, he's, no, no. Little do you know, 20, 30 years later, I never forgot about that. I'll always remember that. That changed me forever, you know. People tend to people tend to overlook that too often, you know, and and they, and they really shouldn't. Um, I guess if you want to be a good human, you just want to you want to think. Well, you know what? You don't know any better. Not that, that's what you want to think. You don't know any better, and that's why you like yeah, that. I think sometimes uh, people overlook it, but I think sometimes that um, you know they just reached a, a certain point, in, or they haven't reached a certain point in their life where they could really appreciate it. Mm. You know that, that well experience. Said. Yeah. So, like, as for me, uh, I remember that. So does it almost make you feel sorry for them? You know, not feel sorry, but, again, be more understanding as to why they can't feel where you're coming from? I'm, everybody's so different, you know, I, it, with their with their feelings, their emotions, and their outlook on life. And I, I just can speak for myself. You know, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm a person who's in touch with my feelings and emotions, and sometimes I don't really understand some of them. And I try to understand, you know, why I do things the way I do or the way I feel about certain things. I really try to get retrospective and and look, okay, because I believe everything comes from, there's an origin for everything. Yes. So we have a starting point and we have a sort of a a continuing point and like a finishing point. Everything in between leads me through those certain points in my life and leads me where I am today. So without all these things have taken place in my life, without all of them having taken place, I wouldn't be here right now today, Wes. We wouldn't be having this conversation. So my experience from, my early experience from the, being a fresh air fun kid mm-hmm. and having exposure to different people, which p- provided me with the ability to go ahead and see that there's an alternate way of living. There are other options out there. And so I was able through that experience of learning, to make choices and decisions that were better for me. I'm not saying every decision I've made in life has been good because Lord knows I've made some wrong decisions in my life. And I'm not trying to make them now, but, right. I, you know, everything has its place. And through that, you know, I've just, I'm a firm believer. You know, if it wasn't for those situations, I wouldn't be in this situation right now. Like I had a... Uh, to skip a little bit forward, I had a, um, I remember a teacher of mine. I'll never forget his name. His name was Mr. Weist. His name is Bill Weist. And he was a school teacher uh, up in the Bronx. 
And um, he actually, he was married and never had any children of his own. Um, but he actually took an interest in me. He saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. And he was a good man. He obviously had a really good impact on you, obviously. And it's something that you bring with you, you know. Oh, yes. He, he used to tell me all the time. He used to say, look, you know, you can do anything you want. Um, you can be as successful as you want. You know, you have no limits. He says, he used to tell me this all the time. I didn't even believe it in myself because, you know, you don't have people, like people in my neighborhood weren't talking to me like that. This was a, a, an actual teacher? An actual, my teacher in junior high school. In, in junior high, okay. Yeah. He was a junior high school teacher of mine that he saw something special in me and he tried to sort of like mentor me, you know, and to, I guess, you know, being a good man, being a, you know, something. Right. Fatherly figure. Fatherly figure, sort. being right. something positive. Um, we never discussed, you know, what it was and stuff like that, but I knew that he cared. Maybe he knew some of my story. Maybe he knew something about me that, uh, that I didn't tell him. Maybe somebody else told him. And uh, maybe he thought that, you know, this kid just needs a break, you know. But he was a real good guy. Very good. I'll never forget that guy. Was that junior high, you know, I went to, um, a lot of people don't know the school here, but I went, I went to Palmetto. I, I bounced around to different schools because, you know, I grew up in, grew up in the hood, you know, down south, south Miami area, Perrine area, uh, south Miami Heights, for anybody who knows, Carib Villas. Um, Shit was really bad back then, you know. Uh, I was born in '77, late '70s, early '80s. That's the cocaine cowboy days. Shit was wild. A lot of gang gang shit back then. Um, so my mom never wanted us to go to the schools that we had to go to um, in our neighborhood. So she met somebody through somebody through somebody who let us use their address and say that we were renting an efficiency. That way we can go to a better school. Bless her heart, you know. Do what she can to 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 send us to a better school. Um, we don't forget the teachers that we come across and, and, and all that stuff. I never knew what a real junior high was compared to a high school because I went to a Catholic school. She she wanted to clean us up, bro. We were bad. So I went to a Catholic school, 6th, 7th, and 8th. And, yes, it was a little bit higher learning. It was. It was. Um, And, yes, it was a good impact. It definitely was. Um, but I, I didn't get the junior high feeling, and and I didn't know what the difference was of junior high going into high school. This this teacher that you speak of, how long was he in your life, junior high wise? Was that eighth and ninth, or was that seventh and eighth? Like what was that? Well, in the in the New York City school system at the time, um, you had elementary school, which was like you know essentially first through sixth grade. That's what it used to be with me, right? Right, and then junior high was seventh through ninth. Okay. And then high school was 10th through 12th. That makes sense. Right. Yes. So this particular teacher was, um, <clears throat> was inv you know, I was involved with, uh, as far as him having an impact on my life, was uh, in ninth grade. So it was, uh, it was only a year. And um, but my, I've never experienced... Uh, that, that big of an influence? That big of an influence. Uh, someone, a, in a teacher who actually cared for someone that much one of his students do you can do you have any possibility do you have any way of 
somewhat realizing how old he was back then because you know there's such an array of ages for teachers nowadays they're very young nowadays yeah, they're like really really young like literally 26 on up to like mid-30s you don't, you don't get those say, older range ones i would you. say because he's <laughs> it was funny because we used to call him kenny rogers because he looked like Kenny Rogers. <laughs> he had the look. Do you he know who Kenny look. Rogers is, Gus? Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Don't get that, mad at us. Not that young. <laughs> he, he had the beard. He had the, the, the hair, same style. Um, he was a good paddleball player because he used to take me to play paddleball too. Man, he used to kick my ass. Hold on. When you say paddleball. I mean, I'm not Table tennis? Paddleball. Not paddleball. I'm scared. Handball. Handball. Ooh. Have you played in a while? The last time I played handball was I played with my nephew like a few years back. Man, Mikey, we might have to bring that back. Well, me and him, bro. We, we were going a back. A lot of and people forth. don't know what that is, though. Bro, that shit. Okay, just especially nowadays, the kids are always playing. All right, so people, are people out there listening, uh, uh, handball is racquetball with your hand, but there is two versions. You have the street version, which is you use the racquetball. That way, your hand can impact it. And yes, you're gonna pop blood vessels, and you get used to it and all that. But that's it. You might put a glove on if you're a bitch, whatever. Now, the real handball, you use a little hard fucking ball. There's no slapping sure. that shit. It's an Olympic sport, too. Yeah, and you have to wear a glove, which I think is padded or has a little padding. I don't Probably know. Probably has a little liner. Yeah, it has a little liner so that the impact is different, which is still dope. But anyhow, a fucking phenomenal sport. I picked that shit up when I, when I was in the joint, and it was some of the funnest I, shit I've ever done I, in my life. I was life. about to say. And I'm good, by the way. I was, I was, <laughs> Wes, I was about to say, you know what handball is if you did a bit. Are you in New York? <laughs> or you're in New York. Yeah, that's true. For sure. It's because so true, bro. If you look at it. Homie, I, every time I fucking, I, when I've gone to play handball back in the days, you know, uh, probably a few years back. I don't know how long. But anyhow, first thing they ask is, from New York? No. <laughs> Where'd you learn this? Prison? Oh, okay. <laughs> and let, then we keep playing let, and let that's me it. Give a, let me give the audience a little bit of it, um, sort of, maybe they can identify what we're talking about here if you ever watched the movie american me gangster bro hold on pause i'm sorry mikey you i gotta pause you bro (laughs) this is why this is why i love this dude and i never get to hang with him because he fucking lives up there in boca no one ever brings up that fucking movie that's one of the best prison movies ever that's an accurate dope ass gangster ass fucking Watch it, dog, because you're the little boy who gets oh. raped in that shit. Yo, I'm just saying, go, dude. Dog. <laughs> little puppet. Little puppet. <laughs> Yo, what's wrong with you? Gus, 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 you got you to gotta peep you, that movie. You, you got to know for real, dog. I'm not I've lying. Never, this this damn, ain't movies, old man talk, dog. This ain't old man talk. That is a gangster ass, dope ass, one of the best prison movies either. ever. It was only made two years before I was born. Well, the, the, the movie old. is the movie is supposed to be about the the history of uh, La, La M, which is the Mexican yeah. mafia, right? You know, but there was some uh, it, it controversy. Says, yeah, it's there. inspired by a true story, right? But some controversy as far as some of the factual events that part yeah. that yeah. actually happened, which caused problems with some of the people that were involved in the movie, yep. production wise, and yep. people who were advisors. Some of those advisors were. You killed. remember that shit too, dude? Oh yeah, fuck yeah! Man. Oh yeah, but Holy so what I'm fuck. what I'm getting at is that. In one of the scenes, when they're at the juvie uh, detention facility and they transition, there's a where they transition and they fade into the adult uh, facility, and this music uh, dope ass production oh when they show God. that dude. music comes on right, and it's like, and then you see it, the kids in the juvie uh, detention facility they're playing handball, and then the transition fades into the adult facility, the playing big handball. house. 
rocking it playing handball. Listen, and, listen what, what what happened? I'm not going to kill the movie for you, I promise you. But as juveniles, they, 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 they all did a crime. They all went to juvie. They're in juvie. They're close to getting out because it's like a three-year, two-year bid, whatever. And then some, they one of those big delinquent juveniles, which this is official. This is like the prison that I went to. It's all 14 to 18 is your average age. One of the big dudes jumped up on this kid, tried to no, he did rape him. He raped him. But that's not a factual. That's not that's that's not a factual incident, and that's what caused. Well, I'm not saying that I, that actually yeah. happened to him, but in the movie, he the, the dude raped him. And when he walks away, the jit flips on him, bum rushes him, and damn near kills him or killed him. No, he, yeah, he killed him. He stabbed him and shanked him up in the neck. So they gave him. So he went in for a three-year bid. Which one is it? He went to that one right there. This, this guy? Yep. No, 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 no. Well, they're, they're the homeboys. Look. These yeah. these two are the homeboys. With those, These three are the originals right here. Right, right. The, the white guy there. You see on the screen that's uh, that yes, character sir. is actually uh, was a guy by the name of Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan was actually a white guy who grew up in, with Mexicans who was actually a, one of the founding members of uh, La M. Wow, uh, dude, I'm trying to tell you that shit is so raw, man. That is such a great because he they eventually get out. It's not all prison. It's it's hood, young days, juvenile detention, prison, 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 out, out. Prison out, prison out. Fucking finale, dog. That shit is stupid, man. It is so good. Anybody out there listening, if you if you like prison movies, and not to say that you're supposed to, but this is this is a classic. This is one of the best. Kind of, oh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, like like I I think Shawshank Redemption is one of the best ever, and this is a totally different type of prison movie because it's based on the West Coast gang violence, all that. Shawshank was based on what nineteen. No, probably yeah, like nineteen twenties, maybe. Uh, I'm not even sure. Nineteen forty. To be honest, I never even saw the movie. Get the fuck out of here! Man. You haven't seen Shawshank or Death? Mikey? No, Mikey. What? I don't want to see. I don't want to see you again until you see that. Okay. No, and, I'll I, and I plan to see you soon. So I'll, go I'll watch that shit. I'll peep it. I'll peep it. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, of, that's one of the best movies. Yeah, no, it is. It is, and then that, that's another realistic. Listen, I can tell you guys this. I'm not trying to brag or anything like that, but because I did prison time, I. It all every every prison is different, every area is different. Yes, the West Coast is very different. They're very segregated, very gang affiliated. Not gang affiliated like there's that many gangs, but they're very segregated. So it makes you become part of a gang. It's white, yes, me- Mexican, black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're not Mexican, you're running with them. So you get forced into that shit. It's not like that on the East Coast that much. At least not. The southern east coast. You go north, I don't know. Rikers Island and all that, I don't know. I don't know what the gang shit is over there. But it's definitely not like the movies. The only thing that's like the movies is if you walk in like a bitch-ass dude <laughs> who's, you know, you can be swayed, you can be shook, you can be scared, you can be whatever taken advantage of, you're going to have somebody who wants to take advantage of you. That doesn't mean they're going to fuck you, but they're going to try to take your money. They're going to try did to that, act like your best friend. Happen, You'll it, be doing their laundry. They try to do that to anybody. No, I'm saying, did that happen? That whole hold my pocket? No, bro. That's so fucking... Because I'll be honest, one of my favorite shows is Prison Break. And I feel like that's... <laughs> to me, that's the closest so, I So when I, when I was locked up, I, I kept hearing about um, Oz. 
The Oz. And 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 they kept telling me, and bro, do not I'm I'm trying to be honest, don't look it up. <laughs> There's a character in there who looks just like me. And I'm like, nah. Oh, you can't tell me. And that. I fucking bro, eventually I see the guy and I'm like, cocksucker, he looks like me. Fuck him. <laughs> but anyhow, but the, the, the Oz was like the shit, Mikey. Like everybody loved it. It was the shit. Yeah. I get out and and I literally caught the season ending episode of I think season three or whatever. And that it was a two-hour episode. I was so nauseated. I was so like, man, that is so opposite of what prison is. It was just so fucking beyond opposite that I I didn't care three shits for it. I thought it was whack, but but the Which homie did look like me. Look like they said you look like this one. <laughs> if the camera gets that, when we get to run it back, I'm gonna beat your ass when I get to show people how you tried me. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um, I, 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 saw, I saw I saw Oz, and uh, you know, eh, you know, it was it's not to say it's not entertaining. It was entertaining. It was entertainment, but I I mean, it's actually I, I worked in a prison my first year in law enforcement, so I know what you know what goes on and what doesn't. <laughs> I used to work in a prison too. Really? Shockingly, yeah, I worked at the Homeland Security Prison. When was the inmates? I was there when Griselda Blanco's son was there. Uh, what was that little? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say nothing wrong because oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get fucked up. I think we share the I same thing. I don't want to get killed. <laughs> yeah, you know what I was about to say. I'm trying to get some fucking. I did, man, I'm so, I'm so whack at this Instagram thing. I'm trying to get some live footage here, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Not on that calculator. It won't get done. Fuck you, bro. <laughs> Your Instagram is not up to par. No, he's it's talking about my phone. His phone. That guy's got a potato. Listen, to anybody listening to this cocksucker, all right, keep keep it real with whatever it is you got. All right? I don't care if it's a laptop, he's has right. a phone or not. This man has every up-to-date thing in this podcast, and then he has a 1984 Android. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like a flip phone. <laughs> Hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't even know how to go live, bro. How do you go live over here? I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. On Instagram, there's a th- the one that has a little television-looking thing. Yeah. Anyhow, we didn't get off track because this is what we meant to do. <clears throat> um, here, Mikey. So let's 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 keep going. Let's keep uh, moving in the direction of. Uh, am I allowed to tilt it this way, or is it going to be backwards? I should go this way, right? Turn the camera. Hey, yeah, yeah. Let me. I don't know that it's gonna. Let me give it to me. That way, I put it that way. All right. However, you get. I want to get Mikey on there. Um. All right. So everything worked this way, and at some point, <clears throat> you wanted to bring your ass over here to Florida. But first of all, I know that earlier we were talking, and uh, you and I, we we, we did kind of a, a phone. Not interview because I know you so well, but we don't know one knows you that well. You got you got so much to you, you know that <clears throat> I got to try to squeeze everything I can out of you. So let's yeah. let, let, let's get people a little bit more backdrop on you. You mentioned that you joined the military. I know that you became a part of law enforcement. Kind of kind of walk us through that. So here you are, fucking around on the streets, but you're kind of cleaning it up. Kind of you know getting caught up in the middle of of a little bit of you know tug of war influences. Um, happens to a lot of us who grew up in, in, in the hoods and in certain time frames that a lot of people don't know about or understand. Um, but somehow, shape, or form, you decided to join the military. Take take us from that point on. Well, I'll backtrack a little bit. But what happened is, is like, um, it's, it's essentially like this. You know, I grew up in an environment that, um, like a lot of other kids, everybody else in my neighborhood or neighborhoods throughout the country, you know, we grew up... Uh, 
in these neighborhoods, for me, it was inner city. It was in New York. It was in East Harlem and the Bronx. And, um, you know, you get caught up sometimes in life. You get caught up in the street. You know, your influences aren't necessarily the best influences. Like, I had a lot of people with me or was, you know, around me while I was part of their crew that, you know, these guys had did, you know, bids up in Attica, you know, Sing Sing, you know, uh, upstate, you know, Rikers. So that was the guys who I was around. But that was my neighborhood. Um, but at some point, and I'm going to go back to having had exposure to a different way of living, to different right. people, to right. different lifestyles. <clears throat> at some point in my life, I just decided that, you know what, I know where this type of life, the street life, Leads. is going to lead. Right. You know, I've seen it many times, you know, and uh, I just wanted something more for myself. You know, I got tired of involving myself um, <coughs> with the, the things that go on, you know, in, in, the, in the street. You know, and trust me, I'm no angel. I was not, I'm not, I'm an angel now. What's going on, beautiful people? Just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone out there for tuning in. We continue getting so much love, support, and appreciate every bit of it. But on that note, if you're a new listener or simply someone who's interested in following our journey, please take a minute to subscribe to our channel or download whatever necessary app in order to never miss a show. Also, why not give us a follow on Instagram at BlackSheep305 and at Gus Villa Mill. Again, we truly appreciate all the love and support and look forward to continuously giving everyone listening a different perspective. Now let's get back to the podcast. We're back. Mikey, Mikey's looking smoother than ever. He never, he never to, breaks bro. character. So, um, Mike, you were telling us about the... Um, uh, the the upbringing and how that got you <clears throat> into making the decisions of okay, if I keep going this route, this is pretty much where it leads. Uh, it, it was a no brainer as to like you needed some type of change, so the choices began to come out of you. You started contemplating what? Yeah, at, at a certain point in my life, it was like you know I had already been out there, you know, on you know what I say on the block, you know, doing my thing, doing what everybody else. On my block was doing all my boys, you know, the whole crew. We're all doing the same thing, but the one difference for me was that you know I had some exposure to different things in life and different people. And a certain incident was the one that did something. Yeah, I mean there was a series of incidents like you see, you know, your boys getting shot. You, you know, you got your boys getting locked up doing bids. You know, your boys coming out from doing a bid and sharing a bunk bed with their little brother, you know, at, at their mom's place. And these guys, uh, most of them were older than me. They were already in their, um, in like, 20s and stuff like that. And I just would look at that situation and then say to myself, you know what, uh, I want something more out of my life. You know, I don't, I don't want to end up like, you know, my boy this one or my boy that one. So, um, you know, so I had some thinking to do, and then there was a one particular incident that really, you know, was the straw that broke the camel's back. And, you know, during, during this time in, in New York City, there was still, this is like before they had TNT, Tactical Narcotics Team, and all that in the NYPD. This is before that. So before that, they used to have open air market. You know, I remember I saw a special on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That was but, cool. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, TNT. TNT, yeah. Very known. Yes. Very known Very known to the street people. Mm. Very known. So they had um, 
By the way, Gus, if you don't know, do you know what that is? I'm not. I'm not trying to insult. Yeah, you. yeah. I know because of my dad. Yeah, like they were known for like 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 going overboard. They were known for jacking dudes up and beating their ass and doing all that motherfucker. You're gonna tell. You're gonna you're gonna tell us who this that whatever. Oh, so, that was a common thing. In yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Like they got the they got the green light to whoop gangsters' ass and you know pull the mm-hmm. pistol out and shit like that in order to get results. So, oh man, I've been nightclub myself. Boom, <laughs> top of the head, the ribs choked. I mean. All of the stuff they used you know? to call they they had a nickname for them the CRB instead civil right breakers. Oh really? Oh man, I didn't know that <laughs> and, one. And back in New York in my day, they were just known as the police. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, getting getting back to the story. So, right. so um, you know, like growing up, and I mean, this is common for you know neighborhoods like this and kids like me at that right. time and right. you know my environment. <clears throat> but there was one particular incident that I recall. You know. Uh, Vividly, um, this was the time during open air market drug dealing. People were dealing drugs in on the corner, broad daylight. Customers lined up like literally a line of people lined up, you know, you know, just doing their thing. Um, so there was this one individual. I don't even know his name. Quick question, Mikey. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm I'm trying to put a little bit of math together. Was this? But I'm not. I'm a I'm, I'm a ginormous fan of the movie American Gangster. God Oof. fucking damn, I love that movie. As in Denzel, it isn't was that closely? That was the after. same time frame, or, it, or, or be, that was that it, was right before molding into yours, or it would be it, my, my time frame would be somewhat after. After okay, yeah, okay. somewhat not that far after, but sometime after. Yeah, shortly after for yeah. sure, because the that the heroin math phase, well, yeah. heroin. Well, phase. this is this is the time period I'm talking about. My incident was uh, we're talking about in particular. Let me see, 1981. Damn, dude! American Gangster was around. It was oh, before that. Yeah, also. it was like it was like fifties. It, it went. 60s. It went from that time all the way up into like you know the uh, I think believe seventies. Seventies. Uh, okay. 70s. Okay. Okay. Continue. My bad. So um, so during that time, um, I thought you were gonna tell me like you fucking so booby a goddamn nickel bag. And <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so so what happened is that uh, so in my neighborhood every you know. Pretty much everybody, you know, was doing their thing. Right. You know, every, um, slinging, almost whatever. Slinging. Everybody right. was slinging. Right. Just about everybody. If somebody wasn't slinging, they didn't, they didn't have any new gear, no fresh gear, no new sneakers, no nothing. <laughs> you know? But if they had everything fresh, you know, the Kangos, Sheepskins, Gazelles, you know, Suede 69ers, you know, Adidas, you know, tracksuits, you were slinging. It, bro. He, he just He just used like four terms that you don't even understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. So now it was during that time. So there was this this dude I never even seen him before. But you know, in, in my neighborhood, we, you know, there was there was like essentially like three crews. Okay. You know, you know, I was with one crew. There was another crew, and there was another crew off to the side. You know, a little bit down the street. But I was good with all three of them. You know, I've always been good with all. Listen, it was I've. Any place I've gone, I've always been good with people. So I can go ahead and chill with this crew here. I can go to the next crew, and I know people there cooling out with them, people that ran shit, you know. So, you know, I was always good to go. Right. You know, it could be I can go ahead and go from my neighborhood, right, to I can go, say, say like Bronxdale Projects, you know, and I knew people there that I went to 
school with when we were younger. And, and those, me, those guys were cool. So they're running stuff up in the projects and I can go in there and I'm just chilling because I'm cool with them or even the Castle Hill projects. You know, I won't mention the names, but there was, you know, but the uh, guys I went, when I was younger with, we used to hang out and, you know, went to school together. They later on started running shit up in there. Right. So I can go over there like, but no problem. And that was rare back in the day. You didn't jump like, you know, cross lines into different neighborhoods, you know, like well, that. I'm, I'm sure it speaks volumes about your character, you know, for some, for a couple of different crews that are, that are obviously opposed to each other can vibe with one individual, then that that's common ground there. So I, I think if anything, that, that at least that's a compliment of, you know, he's not a threat. He, he's, he's at least a certain neutral level of positivity. So we're cool with it. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're not, so, it were, it, you know, it was it was it was cool because a lot of people didn't have that, so it was something that I definitely enjoyed. So during that, so during that time, so this so some guy I didn't even know where he's from. He comes into the neighborhood, right? You know, he was a a uh, unlicensed pharmacist. Okay, you know, <laughs> and um, what kind of shit is that? <laughs> he must think the house is wired or yeah, something. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess he came into the neighborhood and thinking that you know he can go ahead and uh, just do his thing there. And it was like, and he started to for a little bit. And I was like, I'm like, who is this dude? Can't just come into there like that. Because guys in my neighborhood and people I knew, you know, actually fought for that position, fought for that area, for that little territory. And you're going to come out an outsider and think you could come in here and do your thing? I mean, maybe you knew somebody on the block, but that didn't, that wasn't enough. Right. You know, you gotta you know how it is. I'm a firm believer in everything. You have to pay your dues. You know, you just don't walk up on the scene and think that you belong there. <laughs> right. And that goes as far as like everything in my life. And even training. We'll get to that later. But yeah, I see yeah, a bunch yeah, of these yeah. so called people coming into the game of, you know, combat sports and trainers and all this shit that ain't pay their dues and I have a problem with it. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Yeah, one. we will. We will. But um but the whole thing is <laughs> we're so premature. Right yeah, now. I can't wait. <laughs> so this guy came in there, you know, and he thought he could do his thing and whatever it was, and I just, I just didn't, I, I didn't like it, and I wasn't vibing with it. So, um, so I'm more or less like uh, <clears throat> freedom of his possessions. You know what I mean? Just it was broad daylight. Just went up to him, bam! It's just freedom of of his possessions. What are these terms he keeps fucking using? Does that mean you, um, you jacked him? <laughs> the fuck kind of shit the freedom of his possessions what kind of them. that's what that sounded like right freedom of his possessions yeah you know, I liberated him put it that way I liberated <laughs> so um so uh I bid thee unworthy of continually to maintain these narcotics therefore <laughs> yeah he had fuck. to pay that tax <clears throat> so so that happened right and so then so what happened after that then you know I did my thing and so no, you I, fucking hurt the dude. You must have felt bad. You no, I didn't feel bad, man. And to be honest with you, I didn't feel bad. I just went ahead and did what I had to do for the, you know, for for what I thought was, you know, the neighborhood, for the integrity of the neighborhood, for the block, you know, for the for the the crew, mm -hmm. and um, you know, so I just did that, and then you know, lay low for a couple of days, you know, you know, when something like that happens, you gotta lay do lay low for a couple of days, you know, be out of sight. So then keep saying, you know, to all of this, I don't know none of this shit. <laughs> Wes knows. I don't know. <laughs> he, so. just, he just got me indicted. He just got me indicted with Coca that statement. I, I, I wanted to post this podcast. He just fucking got me indicted. 
So after everything goes, you know, out here like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Hey, hey, hashtag, you know, <laughs> yeah, for real. So, so what happens is like, um, so when I come back, you know, to the to the block, and um, because I never, I never hung out where I lived, you know. Okay. The block where I chilled and did, you know, my thing. Never, I never lived on the block. That's that's you know. Right, you don't shit where you yeah, eat. Yeah, it's not smart. Right. So I came back to the block and somebody's like, hey, man. Gus, you heard that? You don't shit where you eat. <laughs> You're leaving fucking stains all over the job site, bro. Okay? <laughs> I just want to point that out. All right. That has nothing go to do ahead, Mike. Keep going. Keep going. going. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, a couple of my, you know, people from the neighborhood said, yo, this dude came around. He was looking for you. I'm like, he was packing. I was like, oh, really? You know? So I was like, all right. So um, I don't know how he, obviously, I don't know how he knew it was me in particular, but somebody had to, you know, say something. Right. You know, but whatever, you know. At that time in my life, man, I didn't really give a shit, you know. You know, how we used to say back in the day was like, uh, this heart don't pump Kool-Aid. Right. You know. Damn, that's an old school saying. That just made me feel old. Yes. (laughs) So, uh. You know, I was like, all right, whatever. So he's coming around while he's packing. All right, no problem. I went ahead and got, you know, went ahead and saw my boy. You know, my boy brought me to someplace else. I had to get my little toolie. And then, uh, you know, I used to All right, all right, let's pause there. What, what's a toolie? <laughs> my particular toolie would have been a nice little something, something that would have put a blast hole in him. Okay. Yeah, yeah but, 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 but toolie. toolie's a gun. Yeah, 22? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sort of, sort of. Sort of. This guy's fucking trying to splat. feel. I feel like I'm watching a movie. Right What's now. a splat? Splat. Yeah. So, so you know, and then you know, um, I went ahead and you know, provided myself with the uh, necessary tools, and um, and I, you know, my life didn't stop, you know, skipping a beat. I just continued on doing what I was doing, but I always had my thing with me, you know, and I was always, you know, I had to always constantly be like looking left, looking right, looking behind. You know, so my head was on the swivel, you know, and uh, I was like, all right. I was doing this for a while, you know, for a couple months, and I was like, ah, you know, this is getting played out. Yeah. And then one of my, one of the. A huge weight to carry on your shoulders. Yeah, it's a huge weight, you know. It's like, you know, I mean, people. You you, you can be as tough as you want, and, and, and I didn't carry that weight, but, you know, <clears throat> I hustled for a long time, and that, I'm not taking you know, no spotlight, but it's just yeah. a huge, you, you you feel dope. You feel like, fuck it, this is my life. This is what I do, blah, 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 blah. But, man, there's nights, there's days, there's after a week or two or an incident, and you're like, Fuck, dude! I just want to get this shit off my shoulders for a minute, man. It's definitely, it definitely, you know, once it definitely is a burden. And what happens also is that you know you say to yourself, "Look, I know the outcome here. This yeah. one or two things, mathematical. Oh, actually, bro. one of three things are gonna happen. It's either he kills me, you know, I kill him, or if I kill him and don't get away with it, I go to prison. prison. And so I'm like, you know, I didn't want. I didn't want that for my life. I wanted to to live life, you know. Right. So I just made the decision that I needed something different. And during that time, it was it's crazy because I had a, an old friend of mine come through my neighborhood, and he he was talking to me, saying he's going in the military. And I was like, "What?" He goes, "Yeah, man, I'm gonna go in the military." So I was like, "Oh." He goes, "Come on, go go with me." I go with me. We'll go up for the buddy program. 
let's go to the recruiter, which was the recruiter station was on the, the Grand Concourse in the Bronx, off of Fordham Road. And um, so I'm like, all Your right. Boy, they have no sugar in his tank, right? No, 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 no. My boy was, my boy was, from, my boy was from, boy was from Castillo Projects. He's one of those dudes that, you know, decided to make a change for his life as well. Nice, nice. The only thing is, is he didn't make the change. We went to the recruiter, you know, and uh, I wound up going and he didn't. He, he didn't go that morning or, or? No, we went. We went to the recruiter. We actually, my first option was we went to the, well, we went to a couple of recruiters. One, one recruiter was not an option. That was the Air Force. I was no. I'm not down with that. You know, then uh, the, the why, why? Why is that? Just because nah, you don't want to be in planes or, or no, goddamn no, boat just, no, the whole just, time? No, it just wasn't the airplane, the Air Force. It was, just wasn't down with it. My first option was the Marine recruiter, but then okay. But what happened? Is no, I, 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 I get you on that. If I was yeah. going to go that route, I wouldn't want to go Air Force neither. Yeah, but then it was just like um, the Marine recruiter was your like, little ass fits in yeah. the plane. Now I, I almost joined the Marines. <laughs> I swear I did. Where? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I actually, so we went to recruiter, but actually the Marine recruiter couldn't take us because during certain periods, if you know anything about like recruiting in the military during that time and even up to <clears throat> the 80s, they have certain like the criteria quotas that they have to fill. Okay. And for that time frame, I didn't meet the criteria quota that he had to fill. Okay. So that wasn't an option for me. So um, there was the Army or there was a the Navy. The Army guy, I knew guys or friends of mine that went, went in the Army and, you know, I wasn't hearing any good stories about it. So I was like, ah, oh, what's my... And then we're walking away. And there's this little sly Navy recruiter there, you know, like almost, <laughs> like, a, almost like a pimp. <laughs> you know, he's like, we're walking by. Yeah, he like, had a mean crease on his, yeah, on, his, on his blue pants. We're walking by and he's like, uh, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, what well, Nah, we just went over. He said, like, "You got a you got a mean walk there, John Turkey." <laughs> <laughs> so he says, "Come on in, let's talk, let's talk." And blah, blah, blah. we're talking. And I'm like, eh, you know. Then I explained to him what happened. He goes, "Well, we can talk because I guess for his quota criteria during that time period, it was more flexible." Okay. So I'm like, okay. And so he says, "You know, what type of uh, you know career are you looking to get into?" I was like, "Bro, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I, I never." Even Thought about it, you know, to be honest with you. I never even considered it. So it was like, I don't know. So he's, sh- you know, he has me take this little aptitude test and he breaks out this little book of jobs that it could be, you know, um, that I, you know, I can go ahead and get, you know, right. based upon my aptitude score. And um, the only one actually, to be honest with you, that looked appealing for me was the one that had was for or- ordnance, bombs, munitions, and explosives. And I was like, ooh, this looks like fun. Right. That's what I selected. Nice. You know, so, um, you know, long story short, I went through the process. I mean, I was gone shortly thereafter. So this is the uh, the Navy? Yeah. And you were, what did you do? Um, I was a, a, an ordnance man, which is, you know, uh, munitions, explosives, and stuff like that. Um, and I... Two, four years. I don't no, know. No, I don't actually, know the, I was actually in the six years and nine months. Six years and nine months. How does that happen? Do, do, do they have a certain amount of years? Don't they have a certain 
term you choose? Yeah, I mean, for the, and at then... the time, at the time, they but were, they're all different, right? Or no? Well, no. they can't. It depends on the job field, also. Oh, I mean, right, right, they right. They may have changed okay. from the time that I was in, but it depends on the job field and the commitment of service you have to give. There was like three years, four years, six years. So I was like, eh, you know, the three-year option wasn't available, and there was a four or six. I was like, I ain't doing it with six years. So I said, let me just jump <laughs> on the four. You know, four years would be a good time for me to get my shit together. Right. You know, get my life right. Get you know, set up my things that I want to do in life and and see what happens go for there so i did that and then you know i went in and and uh and then i actually had i wound up re-enlisting at one point and then uh so you went you did a four and then a two i did a four and then a two-year nine month and the nine month was just a slow process of getting out well the two-year nine month was just the second enlistment (coughs) it was just um it was during that time that i really discovered that uh, okay i've gotten all that i want out of this and I really didn't want to, you know, go any further. I wanted, uh, you know, explore some other options for myself in life. Did you get um, knee deep into any bullshit? I don't, I don't no, mean, I don't mean personally, but no, I mean obviously I mean, you can talk about that as well. But yeah, I mean more, I mean, more so as the, I mean, during no, that time period. No, because this, during this time period, there's really the only, there wasn't what's going on right now. You know, thankfully, I mean, a post nine one one, you know. So, so it's it's you know thankfully that because um, it's just uh, it was a different time period and stuff like that. But you know, so um, you know I did my 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 enlistment and then uh, did my time and then I just decided to go ahead and explore some other you know some life options, some different life options. You know I didn't want to. So so when anymore. you when you got out, first of all, were you like? Deep in the water, were you flowing around for the long time? Uh, well, I wasn't in a. Was it miserable? Was it all right? Was it fun? Uh, I mean, I was in an attack squadron, so I mean, I used to deploy. We used to, you know, it could be on land or it could be at, at sea. So, it, you know, it depend on what you were doing. Um, I had some really good times when I was in the service. I made some really good friends. Right, and, you right. Know, I mean, lifelong friends. I mean, I tell you, and any veteran will tell you this: yeah. the bond that you make. With your brothers, you know, and now I have sisters. When I was in, there, there were no women assigned, mm. with, like in units like mine. Right. No, it was all men. But now it's like the bond that you form and you make with your brothers and sisters and you know, stuff like that. That's a bond that you don't get. Honestly, you don't you don't make anywhere else. It's very hard. I I even doubt that you can. I, I think the only thing comparable to that is what you're involved in, and that's MMA. <laughs> Yeah, but this, uh, these bonds with the, the military, they, of, co- of course, strong, yeah. it, it different because you're talking about uh, whether whether it's you know life threatening situations or at any point we might be in life threatening situations. These people they grind it out, they go through stuff that no one else encounters unless they're part of that. Yeah, and you have to depend. Listen, when you're there, you depend literally on the person to your left and right in front of you and behind right. you. So it's like one little mishap, and then you can be you know something bad can happen. So. You know. So when you got back, well, first of all, before you got back, what was what was the game plan as you were getting ready to get out? You were on your uh, well, six year going on nine months. I'm, I, I'm sure before the nine months was was even approaching, you were already thinking about what you were going to hopefully to do. I don't know if that's what you did, but what was that mind frame? Oh, yeah. First, in, into my fifth year, I already knew that, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going to get out. And in my last tour, I was in a joint service command, you know, so I was with guys from Marines, Army, and, you know, uh, you know, fellow Navy, Air Force people, we were all one part of one, one um, group. So now, um, my senior enlisted advisor was actually a fir- an Army first sergeant. And so I actually told him, listen, I'm going to 
I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get out and uh, I'm going to pursue a, you know, life in the civilian world. And he tried to, you know, um, <laughs> tell me. I love those terms that you guys use. <laughs> <laughs> life in the civilian, civilian world. And he was like, he goes, is the mic, you know, there's nothing out there, you know, um, I would strongly, I would <laughs> strongly, what he was telling yeah, you. I would strongly recommend that you re-enlist <laughs> and shit. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm not trying to hear that, man. You know, I'm like, no, my mindset is positive. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, you know, do something good. You yeah. know, I'm going to do something better, you know. And so I advised them that I was going to go ahead and, uh, you know, get out. And so I already knew it. So, I mean, so I just did my time. I just let my time, you know, you know, but but, but did you know what, what, what you wanted to do after? You knew you wanted to get out, but did you know what you wanted to do after? Were you going to go to school? No, Were I, you gonna actually, pursue, I was Did you think gonna, law enforcement? Yeah, I was going to pursue a career in law enforcement. So, so that's the most common mind frame on, on most, maybe maybe not now because I think they're realizing that it's not what you think, but for the longest time, probably up until about five, ten years ago, most people who enlisted in, in the military always felt like it'd be an easy thing to come back and just become law enforcement. Well, yeah. The, and that hasn't been, that's been the furthest thing from the truth. Well, the way law enforcement is now, it is. I mean, back then. Exactly. Law enforcement was different back back then. Um, but yeah, that was like, a lot of people have used uh, military as sort of a, um, a segue into law enforcement and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And uh, I knew well, when I was getting out during that whole time that I was going to pursue a career in law enforcement because one of my friends when I was in, in you know, on this last command, um, his brother was actually a, uh, a detective and uh, a narcotics detective. And I used to interact with him on occasion sometimes. And, and um, so I, I thought it was, you know, like, wow, this is, this would be, this is pretty interesting. Maybe, you know, I could pursue that. And so, um, so my mindset was that, but you know, like it is, you just don't get out and okay, I get, I'm out one day and I'm on you know, the detective the next. It just doesn't work that way. Right. So I had to have a plan. First, you have to get out because you have to f be free to pursue other interests. So when I got out, you know, uh, I went, you know, was back in New York and, you know, I just, okay, started making my moves and planning my stuff out and, um, an opportunity came up uh, to work in a uh, in a prison, and so I went ahead. And uh, three months after I got out, I got a, a job as a correction officer. What it, it, was this in uh, New York? New York, okay. Yeah. yeah, so I was in New York, and then uh, I went ahead and started working there at the at a, at a prison, the Bureau of Prisons. And then, uh, you know, during that time, you know, you're doing your thing, but I knew. It was demanding, to be honest with you. It was a lot of hours, you know. You get banged with double shifts. Yeah. You know, and then, and like, here I am, you know how it is. But so I'm, I'm over here on a unit, just me, and like, on the average of like 120, 130, you know, inmates. So, ain't nothing separating me from you. You know, where I can touch you, you can touch me. Right. So, you know, you got to be on your, you got to be on your P's and Q's. You got to, you know. Intimidating. You can yeah. easily get yeah. manhandled. You got to know how to handle yourself, put it that way. And I, trust me, I had no issue because during the time when I was, uh, when I was there, so <clears throat> during the time when I was there, there's a lot of guys from New York that were, you know, obviously heavy hitters that were there. The boss who ran my neighborhood as a kid, you know, in East Harlem, he was there. While you were an officer. Yeah. 
and another Awkward. guy. Awkward. <laughs> no, was like, and, and then another guy who was one of his uh, his uh, goons. Well, both listen, both of them are, are deceased, so I can I can tell your names. Okay. Um, when I was there, um, Anthony Salerno, who was a boss of my neighborhood, people in New York and, and you know my people know him as Fat Tony. Okay, nobody called him Fat Tony to his face, but you know they called him the old man or Tony. But um, he was there. And then another one of his capos, who was a very powerful capo in New York, was uh, Maddie. Everybody knew him as Maddie the Horse. Maddie was there as also. And so I had a good relationship with Maddie as well. And then, um, so those guys were there, and uh, I actually worked a unit at some point where they were on. And then I, I met some other guys. I met some guys from Newark. There's one of the guys there, his, his name is. Uh, who was there? His name is Robert Vidal. He was a drug kingpin out of Newark, and he was actually sentenced to f- to life in prison. But he actually got out, um, and he's reformed himself. He's he actually is a I think a pastor now, and he does outreach and stuff like that. And there was another guy, one of his like you know number like right hand man, a guy named Tarzan from Jersey, who was like a straight up killer, bro. <laughs> straight up killer. With a name like Tarzan, Tarzan. I hope he I hope yeah. he fucking is. And, uh, that sounds horrible for me to say that. And uh, we used to go ahead. Who's this? Oh, Anthony yeah, Salerno. That's, that's Tony. Tony, huh? I'm looking yeah. at with the FBI mugshot in 1985. Then, um, Damn, he was old as fuck. Yeah, Not to make Mikey sound old, yeah. but this dude was born in 1911. Yeah. And then uh, there was, um, so I got along with these guys and, you know, actually my cousin was there as well. My my cousin, uh, at one point, um one one time at one point one day I'm looking at the you know you do like a like an inventory so to say of like what inmates are on the unit and I'm looking through all the cards and boom I look at this name I'm like whoa I look at the picture the picture's not good so I go up to the unit it's a dorm shake his bed boom my cousin <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was in there for a long time man he twenty something years I remember when um. When I did time, I I I uh, had already done four uh four and a half years at uh basically Central Florida, <clears throat> mainly a youthful offender camp, and um you know I hear things when when inmates come in and you, you have ties. Hey man, you know so and so. Yeah man, he's doing this, he's doing that. Da, da, da. So you know, I heard about a homeboy of mine being a a CO correction officer down south. I made nothing of it. I heard about it a while ago, years later, you know, four and a half years in, and um, I transferred down to uh, deep South Florida, Florida City, DATI, Dade Correctional Institution, and um, it was my first day there. First things first. I just been through four and a half years of an absolute insane, insane experience because I was surrounded by an average of 15 to 17, 18-year-old gang member. And they were just loose cannons. And they all they did was fuck. riots, 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 stabbings. It's all kind of dumb shit. Anyway, i fast forward. When I got to this adult camp, I had already heard it was like a resort. I already heard it was great compared to where I've been. I get there, and I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, yo, I got six months of this. Fuck, and that's it. I go home finally, you know. Five years, one month, three days off of a six-year sentence. That's what they gave me. And as I'm walking, uh, I, I I got there early, dispersed my shit, met some Latinos, talked to some people. The racial tension doesn't even barely even exist down there at all. And um, anyhow, it's lunchtime. 
And we, we, we start walking to lunch, and I see a fucking homeboy of mine, the one that I told you about, totally forgot that he had become a CEO. Haven't seen him in about six, seven years, though I'm, though I'm only on my fourth year. I used to, no, yeah, no, I used to see him in high school all the time. And, um, man, long story short, we almost hugged it out in front of everybody. We literally had to stop mid-hug. Mid mid-hug. Oh, oh, uh, officer, uh, officer. Uh, yeah. Hey, guys, just want to check in for a quick second, and I want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, if you're kind of following us just a little bit, but you want to know more about us, how about make that extra effort? Look us up on Black Sheep 305 on Instagram, Gus Villamil on Instagram. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. There's a lot of stuff out there. Look us up, guys. We really appreciate the support. We want everybody on board. Thanks again. Let's get back to the show. Mikey, we uh, we had just left off on um, the whole correctional officer's uh, experience. And um, I was telling you in regards to what happened with me and how, how I saw my boy. And it was just, we, we were both stupid overjoyed with like holy shit i haven't seen you in years he had that look of wes i remember when you went to prison i was this young and i haven't seen you in years and i'm just like marvin look at you you were young now you're a ceo look at you and we went for that hug and we stopped midair <laughs> midair dog because we had hundreds of inmates looking at us and immediately a suspect as fuck it looks like you know uh, if if i have anything that looks like it's not a, of of code um it's gonna look like marvin brought it in to me uh by the way shout out to my boy marvin he never brought me shit fuck y'all <laughs> yeah, because next thing you know people want to see your paperwork yeah let me see your paperwork yeah so um anyhow you you were you were talking about that story about how you saw all these people that you used to know people that might have been um affiliated you know you were affiliated with them you had ties neighborhood ties and it's difficult it's difficult yeah it's a fine line man you got to be you, you know got to be uh real cool about it because in one of my situations with my cousin was in the same you know facility and he was uh actually at one point on my unit so it's like you know you don't want to put him in jeopardy you know and you got to respect the code you know that inmate code you know so you do got to respect that code and as and as an ex-inmate you know that the it does hold a lot of ground. It really does. But there's also, can you please pass me that cup? Because I'm not going to let you fucking sip this shit like water. Now. Um, <laughs> there's also the code of, I don't have to be an inmate. And I'm speaking for you, Mikey. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be an inmate. I grew up in this shit. Y'all know me. My bloodline runs deep into those fucking sewers. Respect the fact that I'm over here trying to get out the gutter. And I'm not snitching, I'm not doing anything, but I'm working. So please don't put my job at jeopardy mm -hmm. the same way I won't disrespect the code that I grew up with. No, oh, 100%, man. Listen, I have family members in the system, so, you know, it's like, you know, I, I know what it's about. You know, I've been a visitor on many many times, you know, on somebody's visitor's list. But uh, the thing is, like like you said, you know, you got to go ahead and um, respect the code and, and you got to know that. And people know you. Like, they're not the only ones. Salud, my brother. Salud, Chinzan. You know, it's not the only ones that, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's like, like you said, you grew up around these people, you know these people. It doesn't change how I feel about you. This is just a situation that we're in. Right. So I just got to go ahead and make sure you're good and I'm good. And, and I had the respect like that because, I, you know, I knew a lot of people you know, in that situation, people from my own neighborhood, I have a family down in the system, you know, so, and, and I, and, and I was good with a lot of people when I was in a, a CO, man, I had, I dropped so names on so you. So how long, like, how long did you, did you do the CO thing until you became law enforcement? I, I went ahead and, did, well, I did the CO thing 
for just like shy of another year. Then I left to to get my job in a, in a different position in law enforcement. You know, law, CEOs are law enforcement. So mm-hmm. I just went ahead and took another route that would give me better career opportunities in law enforcement, and which really it worked out very well for me. Which was <laughs> he went fucking deep six nine on me. <laughs> what, what what the hell were you doing? Were you Cop, detective, street yeah, cop. Um, I was um, checking parking I, meters. What the fuck? No, I was never checking no parking meters. Not writing accident reports. I was doing the real shit. Uh, I, I worked undercover for for a long time, for many years. I worked narcotics. I worked uh, organized crime. I was. Uh, I've been on. You know, I was a sergeant in charge of the gang unit. So it's crazy how you grew up seeing this, living it, being part of it, doing it, participating. Then you slowly but surely you kind of started, you know, withering away from it, try to, you know, get away from it because you you know that like we spoke earlier, it's not going to lead to the to anywhere pretty. Um, it, it all has a, a lifespan, and and you felt like you know yours was kind of coming if you stayed in the game. So you went from CEO, well, you went from military mm-hmm. to being the Navy to the correction officer, and then now you became. Everything you just said, a detective, narcotics unit, gang unit, all that other good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, at a certain point in your life, you know, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. Uh, regardless of what time it is during your life, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. And you have to just go ahead and do it. You can't talk about it. You got to be about it. And for me, this this is just the path that I took. I mean, actually, you know, like I said earlier, every decision I've made in my life has led me to the point I am now. Everyone, if I didn't make the decision back then, I would not be here with you right now talking today. So I'm a firm believer in that. Any, whether it's professional, professionally wise, or you know, personal relationships, every decision you make leads right. you to the point you are. So, so here you are. You've been doing law enforcement on all those levels for several years. At what point did it start merging into or mixing up with boxing again? Well, what happened? I was uh, I was still an active detective and stuff like that, and um, <clears throat> doing my thing, you know, as far as career, my career was concerned. And um, but I had friends, friends that were in the fight game, you know, and I just linked up with them again, or linked up with some some new friends, and just get it back in the gym and started training, training alongside my friends and, and fighters. And the friends I had were actually, you know, at the, you know, they were either managerial level people in the in the game or coaches in the game, trainers in the game. So, you know, one thing led to the other. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, you know, I started uh, being like sort of under the tutelage of, you know, becoming a coach. Okay. And um, and that's basically where it went. And I started working um, with uh, Oscar Suarez. Oscar Suarez, rest in peace. He was a um, old school trainer. Oscar Suarez um, was a respected trainer. He passed away from pancreatic cancer a number of years ago. But um, I was working a part of as part of his uh, team, uh, along with a couple of other individuals. And Oscar had trained um, specific gym, maybe. Or was it? No, I mean he, Oscar trained out of Patterson, New Jersey. That's more or less what he was at. But then he had a location down in South Jersey as well, but we didn't go down there. He would come up to Patterson. And, you know, uh, and then I also ran a gym in, in New Jersey, so he would be a part of that as well. 
But uh, I started working with his fighters, and I worked with the guys like um, uh, Aguinaldo Nunes, Arshak Tamaraksetian, uh, Omar Shika, Freddy Kadena. Arshak, I mean, um, Oscar used to train um, Prince Nassim Hamed. Yeah. He trained Popo Freitas. Yeah, that's Oscar. Yeah. You know who Prince Nassim is, right? Yeah, the uh, the dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not clowning on he him. Was bro. He, he was good. He was good. Yeah, yeah. His prime, the amount of you know slipping and oh yeah, yeah. He th- was, what he did was just embarrassing. He had, a, he had a big fan following too. Yeah. Um. He, but but He's in his the, cockiness got the best of him, bro. I don't think he allowed himself to bloom the way he could have. Well, he he actually was, you know, he had power in both hands. He had a very awkward style. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, but with that type of movement speed. Yeah, he was just if he wouldn't if he wouldn't overly clown. I'm sorry, it's like Anderson Silva. But that's what sold him, bro. You're you're right. I get it, Mike. But you have to you have to know that too much of anything you know is going to hurt you. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what hurt him. But anyhow, so continue going, Mike. So so here you are now. You, you're you're working with him. So I'm working as part with of Oscar. His, yeah, as part of his team and stuff like that. You know, um, learning. Learning and and a group of other guys also like in my gym I had of course to, there's always there's always so oh much yeah, many people was, more people involved I worked with Oscar directly but I had um yeah Tommy Brooks Tommy Brooks I don't even know how many world champions that guy has trained uh, Lou Duva their fighters trained out of my gym at one point you know I had guys like uh, Butch Sanchez Angel De Jesus I mean these are like guys who've had world champions so I was learning the craft the coaching from some from some great dudes yeah. And then while dealing with a bunch of bad motherfuckers. Yeah. Especially of that time. Yeah. And then also not only learning the, the coaching aspect of, you know, of the fight game through these guys, but learning, getting really deep, getting really deep in the science when it's as far as like, you know, movement, technique, all those little, little tricks and, and things that you see some elite level, high level guys do that I was learning through the fighters. So th- th- this is where no homo. I get a little turned on. <laughs> you're, 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 you're starting to talk my language, see, because I think that so many, uh, whether they're enthusiasts, practitioners, um, coaches, cocky motherfuckers who think they know more than what they do, I rarely hear this type of talk. I rarely hear this type of movement, 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 body shot concentration, head, body, body, uh, body, head, body, whatever, you know, the, the you don't, you know, the, the whole, um, I love Muay Thai. Love it. But that hang and bang shit. The That's fuck you talking about? That doesn't that. work for me. That, that doesn't, yeah, it works in a hang and bang fight. Are you trying to win? Are you trying to hang and bang? Are you trying to put on a fight? Or are you trying to win a great fight? You know, are you a mixed martial artist? Mm-hmm. Or are you just trying to strike with a little bit of technique? So there's just so many levels to it. So, again, I told you earlier off cam, um, Gus, that you know, every time I get with Mikey and we start fucking talking, you know, it, it's it's crazy, man. I, I feel his energy because I'm just like, damn, dude. As much as I share a lot of things in common with so many coaches, um, you know, it's not about that he's a veteran or you know, or, or of age or anything. That he just speaks a style and a language that I speak in regards to what I think is so important that the, the the continuous evolution, which which means movement, movement, movement. We're not always headhunting, going for a knockout. We're trying to set up combinations in order to put that that jawline in place for the knockout. It's called a setup. And that's a science. And that's the science. And that's why I love when Mikey goes into this shit and he talks about it the way he does 
versus beautiful knockout. Oh, oh yeah, he set that. No, no, Mikey breaks the shit down, and who, I love to hear some, that. Who are some of your favorite boxing coaches now, today? That, that, um, when you ask that, do you mean like people who are out there coaching people, or him, some of his personal coaches? No, You're talking about people out there right now. Okay, so actual coach like Freddie Rose type, whatever. Yeah, anybody yeah, out any there? Any coach, Rubio, I mean, Mundo. There's actually there's a there's there's a lot of guys. Um, there's so many guys that people don't even know of because they just, you know, haven't had the opportunity. Yeah, to be in the camera, they're lying. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. But one, of the, there's a couple of You're the guys. You're one of them, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of them. One of the guys Shit. I really, I like uh, what he's done with his fighters, and I respect him a lot, is a guy named Robert Garcia. He's out of Oxnard, California. Okay. And, you know, he's, he's a former fighter, world champion himself, and that's Mikey Garcia's brother. I mean the the, the oh, current yeah, the current yeah. the current boxer. Yeah. You you're saying he's not well known? No, no, no. Oh. He's well known. Yeah, I'm saying no, but there are people who are not well known because they haven't oh. had the opportunity. But you know, there's a lot there's so many. No, Robert Garcia. But Robert Garcia is, is one of my favorites and He's uh, one of the best. Mikey uh, Garcia is one of the most underrated boxers yeah. in my opinion. And Joel Diaz you know, if you look him up here, like people in the game know him, but a lot of like your, you know, average people, probably you know, casual fan wouldn't know who I'm I'm talking about. But he's uh he's another one, you know, um, and um, I'm trying to think of uh, some others. I mean, I don't want to think of the uh, you know, say that the norm, you know, the, the the names that everybody knows. Well, he's a he's his brother is Julio Diaz. Yeah. Yeah, they're boxing families. Garcia's and Diaz is a boxing families, man. Those guys got some serious game. Let me ask you something, um, Mikey, as, as we go deeper into this. Um, I know that in the past you've had some experiences with um, Arturo Gotti. Yeah. What, 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 what was your connection to that? I, mean, I see the pictures. I see yeah. you right there in the corner. Uh, but but what was your connections? I know you were probably mid-young mid young into that career. but Yeah, what Arturo is that, that uh, like um, – his his crew back in the day and the the people that he was around are people that I know, so it's like yeah he fought for the main events promotion and some of the fighters I was affiliated with also fought for main events. Um, main and, event wasn't was the promotion. Main events was uh, it's still a promotion company. Still is okay. yeah yeah a woman uh, by the name of Jolene, uh, she's like runs the operations and you have Kathy Duva and then Jolene Manzone. She's uh, they've been with that company for, for ages and, you know, they run the shit. I mean, uh, and he was with their company with the main events. And like I said, some of the fighters that I was affiliated with also fought under that banner. Plus they're Jersey based. So we all knew each other and we all knew like the same people like his, um, he had a friend of his named Mikey who I'm, you know, uh, who I'm friends with his, uh, trainer, his strength and conditioning, uh, strength and conditioning coach, Teddy, a friend of mine, right? Buddy McGirt, his coach, a friend of mine. I know I've worked with Buddy before. Um, his manager, Pat Lynch, friend of mine. You know, uh, again, back back to that conversation that we had earlier when I was saying that uh, it seems like those those northeastern states, those you know, New York, uh, New York, Jersey, Jersey, uh, everything, uh, Philly. Like you guys are not, you're far away from each other, but you're not that far away from each other. Like you don't know each other's. Immediate neighborhoods, but it's like, oh yeah, yeah, Mikey from from four hours away over there and across the street. Well, <laughs> across even, the it's tra- not even four hours. No, it's away. not even actually. It's the New York, New Jersey boxing people know each other. Yeah, it's it's, it's the Philly one that's forty further. fifty yeah. minutes max. Yeah, we're talking. If you talk okay. about travel time, that's max. Distance wise, 
you're talking just a, under 10 miles. Yeah. So that, so the travel time is only because of the traffic. Because of the traffic. Because they're all big cities. And if you take the subway, it's even less. Yeah, it's like if I wanted to go like like uh, from where my gym was in New Jersey, right, which is in Northeast Jersey, which is in Hackensack, right? If I wanted to go to like Gleason's gym, we're talking about that's less than 10 miles away. However, drive there, it'll take right. like a couple yeah. of hours to get there because of New York City traffic. So when, when was it that you really noticed, hey, man, I'm not just a green thumb anymore. Pretty good at this shit. I'm pretty connected. I think I'm. I think I'm helping. I think I'm helping people make moves in their careers. I'm. I'm. I'm kind of finding a niche over here as I balance out this law enforcement thing that I'm about to walk away from. When When did it all start hitting you? Well, I've actually been working with um, professional fighters for like 20 years. So, um, and I started from the very beginning. You know, my introduction into working with the, you know fighters is is what, it, in my opinion, should be. I'm what they call. I held that bucket, you know, and I'm a big believer in paying your dues. Dues, right? You have to pay your dues in this right, game. Right, right, right. I can't. There's not something I can't stand. I really don't like it when somebody comes into this game that has hasn't paid their dues and thinks they could just walk in and call themselves this and that. You know, with that old KRS one, they say I'm so and so, I'm this, I'm that, but to yeah. me they're just all wick, wick, wick whack. Wick, wick. That's how I look at it. You know, these guys want fame overnight. You know, they want to go ahead and uh, it seems like they want to be more famous than the fighters that they're working with. It's like, what's your motivation, your incentive for doing this? Mine is because the passion of the sport. This is what I love to do and to contribute to the success of the particular fighter I'm working with. It's not about me. Right. Yeah, do I achieve personal, uh, you know, like um, happiness and I, f I feel good that I've actually contributed in so, some way? So what, but, what, but what was it that made you different? From those average, I don't want to say average, but from those coaches who were egotistical, who were hiding an underlining, you know, selfish uh, goal, and, and, and they're, they're pretty much living. And I don't know that there's anything wrong with this, if I generalize it as such, but they're living vicariously, yeah. you know, through their fighters. I, I guess there's levels to it. You know, I don't see nothing wrong with that. I think we all do that. I think you do as well in some shape or form. But when you look at the monetary figure, when you look at the, uh, hey, don't fuck this up for us, and you forget about this is a close, this is one of my closest people in my in my life, and that's more important. Let me make sure that I don't burn them out. Let me make sure that I'm more concerned with life after this. Listen, I, I understand it, and, and I get it. You know, people want to market themselves. And, you know, this is how what they do, and this is how their opportunity to make a living or maybe achieve the success that they want to achieve for themselves. I understand it. My issue is when, when that's your primary focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because when your primary Agreed. focus is all about you, then, then I have an issue about it. Because honestly, when you're doing the right thing, you know, and you're, you're, you're making things happen, you're going to get that. It may not be as soon as you want it. Right, but you'll but, manifest But you'll it. get it. Exactly. Right. And, th and not only that, the people you work with, the fighters, you know, when you're good, I don't have to tell you how good I am. I don't have to put up uh, in, uh, videos on Instagram of me doing all this, you know, 60-punch combination pad work, you know? I don't have to do any of that. I don't have to blow myself up. Fighters will speak for me. Right. And this industry, as big as it is, it's a small world, and people get to know who you are and what you are about, you know, through word of mouth. So somehow word of mouth or a little bit of, a little bit of everything kind of got you to uh, want to mosey on down into South Florida. 
How did that transition? How did that occur? Was ATT part of the reason? Or did you come to South Florida for other reasons? And then ATT became some uh, uh, something that, that was at the end of the, the tunnel. Well, I, actually, what happened was this. So, you know, at some point... Uh, you know, I was working with the fighters and I started de developing my little niche and started doing my thing and, you know, learning things and trying different things, experimenting, having an open mind. <coughs> and then as you know, as, like anything, you apply yourself, you know, you develop, you uh, progress, you know, you get to a level that, you know, sometimes you don't recognize it yourself and other people recognize it. Right. So what happened was as I, as I retired from my, uh, from law, law enforcement as a detective sergeant, you know, I was like, okay. I had been doing this, the training before I retired. So now I'm retiring. I'm like, okay, what do I want to, what do I want to do now? And having been up in, you know, the New York, New Jersey area and stuff like that, it's, you know, it's fast paced. And you, sometimes maybe you just want to kick back and relax a little bit, simplify life a little bit. Of course. So I decided. Florida. Well, Florida. <laughs> until, the, until there's a hurricane yeah, coming. Yeah, until there's a hurricane. <laughs> so South Florida. So I said, you know what? I had my, uh, fa I had family down here. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to come down to f South Florida, you know, switch it up. You know, I'm going to, you know, change up my life a little bit. So I went ahead and um, decided to come down here and um, live somewhat of a different lifestyle. And, and what, what, what year was this? Uh, Roughly. 2009? 2009. 2009. Okay. Yeah. So I got down here. 10 and, years ago. Um, yeah. It'll be 10 years in December. Okay. And then I got down here and then obviously because I like to stay, you know, keep, you know, keep sharp, you know, hit a couple of gyms up. I used to go to a couple of gyms. So when you, gyms. when you first came down here, where exactly did you go? Where'd you touch down? When I first, uh, uh, Broward County, I was up in the, in the Margate Coral Springs area. So for people to listening who who might not be too uh, <clears throat> affiliated with how South Florida is or the whole, a lot of people say Miami when they're when they're just South Floridians and they say that not like they're trying to falsely claim, but it's just more like a lot of people don't know the outer cities, so they just connected to Miami. But um, Broward County, um, that's the 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 uh, the area, the judicial area, the different area, the kind you know, uh, county area. Above Dade County. Dade County is what Miami consists of, a bunch of inner cities. Broward County is just above uh, Dade County, and they have Broward, uh, sorry, they have Fort Lauderdale, they have Pembroke Pines, they have Miramar, they have a bunch of awesome fucking places. Um, beautiful place, maybe about 10 miles slower than Miami. Right. Um, Which I don't mind. About 30%. Better quality people in regards to the respect yep. and the 100%. lack, yeah, the lack of wanting to fight so quick and snap so quick, and you know, uh, they're definitely a notch. I admit it. I'm, yeah. I'm Miami. Miami has the worst people. It's a lot of <laughs> you, you, you always go so extreme, Listen, bro. It's, it's facts, man. Hey, you have the rudest people. There's a, lot, there's a lot of sketchiness down here, man. You just got to try to it avoid is. it. You it just got to try to navigate your way yeah. through it. As far as like the men. The women, there's a lot of sketch behavior going on. But, you know, you can gravitate and you'll find some good people and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's not it's not easy. It's a like, better better pool to pick from up there is what I'm saying. Pro probably. No, there's no probably, Mike. There's no <laughs> Mikey, you never come down here. You never come down here. And it's for I a love, reason. I, 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 yeah, fucking, yo, I love the Gus. 305, but the 954 definitely has better people. For sure. Yeah. Gus, I invite him all the time to different events. Yo, let's link this, 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 that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I know, know what it is. Because, you know, 
at the time, and we'll we'll get into mm. this in a little bit. He's very single. And he's like, nah, bro, those bitches down there are this and their dad and this and that. Mikey, but we're all going to hang out. Yeah, man, but dudes over there always want to, you know, they want to fight. They want to this one. Like, yeah, but we're going to go to a bar. Like, yeah, but the bar's over there. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, you're right, you motherfucker. Okay, it's better up there, but at least come visit us down here in the South, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to live in harmony, bro. Yeah, it's all man. love. You hit a certain age, dude, and you're like, man, these people got it wrong, dude. The the goal is to avoid that bullshit. So it's to people, not not to embrace it. So not, many not, people get it wrong. Not man. to be like, yo, I need to be a lion. I need to be a tiger. I need to prove something, man. If somebody's asking you to prove something, that's the wrong person you're surrounded by. You know, for sure. Unfortunately, it takes us a little bit of time to figure that shit out, man. That's what happens. That's for, for you and I. You know, we're old school, so you know we've already been there, done that, seen it. You know, participating in it, and we're trying to you know go ahead and educate you into what's really going on. Yeah, man. You know, but some people need to do that and see it on their own. They need that journey experience on their own. But it's like, listen, this is going to happen this way, and it's like anything. Even if, you know, it's like you know people that you know, guys, you know, girls in relationships. It's like. You know, it's. Let, let, let me ask you something, Mikey, real quick before we move on into the, the next phase of the, the whole ATT transition. Mm -hmm. Um, I forgot who I was just telling this to, and Gus, Gus hears me say it sometimes to him. I try not to fucking come at him like I'm big bro all the time, and I want to bitch at him because I don't want him to think that. Because you know he's, he's a great dude, and as much as I do, kind of feel like you know big bro role with him. I'm not trying to slam it on him neither, you know. Yeah. But certain people during certain times, I, I speak a certain way, you know, and I don't bite my tongue too often. And I was telling um my ex, ex, <laughs> how do you say that? Ex twice removed. Two exes ago? Ex twice removed. Why you got to be so fucking, like, why has it got to be so nasty removed? <laughs> Fuck, ever since that story you of, of ever since that story of Tommy who he had to deal with. <laughs> you, could, you could say co-worker. Hey, you see why do you got to go there, dog? No. Yeah, that is true, though. She's a co-worker. Whatever. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to my homie, Low. I'm not going to bat out there. But, you know, look, my, my ex is young, and, and I would always, you know, spit some game to her in regards to, like, listen, man, this how it is, this how it is. I can relate. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I, I know, bro. I know what you're talking about. But, 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 but the main thing is what I find myself saying nowadays, and this is what I wanted to ask you, was nowadays, dude, I say this, like, opening, opening, listen. This is the waiver that you got to sign without signing it. And I'm going to say this. And then you sign the waiver without ever signing it. And and what it is, is like, look, I'm about to waste my time because I honestly feel like no matter what I tell you, and as much as you respect me, and as much as I think I fucking have the best advice ever, I am keep realizing that 95, if not more, percent of the human race just has to figure it out on their own. And when I say that, and I always use this example, as vulgar as it is, I say, it, for example, <laughs> right on cue, for example, I could tell you, Mikey, I saw your girlfriend at the club tonguing another guy down. He had his hand under her fucking dress. I saw it with my own eyes. Well, she was probably drunk. No, I didn't drink that night. You were high. Whatever. I was still fucking focused. Nah, man, probably... Mikey, I got video footage. I show you video footage. Nah, that's just not clear. It's not. It's like a UFO sighting. It's just not detailed enough. It's not conclusive. It's not conclusive. What I'm saying is the majority of the world always has to fucking bump their head on the wall. They have to, you have to walk in and catch your girl being fucked by the other guy to be like, okay, Wes was right. And that sucks. 
But that's what I accept now. So when I spit advice to certain people, let's just say the majority of people, if I give a fuck, I give them the opening speech of, I'm about to waste my time. But I'm going to do it because I think that you're you're one of those people who might be a black sheep. You might be one of the very, very few. Therefore, I'm just going to tell you this. No matter what I tell you, and you're probably going to take a ticker. But if you don't, take a ticker. And then that's it. Do you feel that? Because you're older than me. You're you're wiser. You're 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 you know you're way more seasoned veteran. But in the best way possible, I'm not frustrated. But I'm like, and you talk like you don't care to waste your time with anything. But to me, that's a waste of time. So I always say that to get it over with quick, so I don't yeah. so that I don't entertain a big conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'll keep it real with you, Wes. It's like um, I try not to like. Um, you know, judge people because every situation is different and they, every people have to figure out things on their own. I can only speak from my experiences and stuff like that. And I, you know, obviously I see other things happen like, but for me, it's like, you know, you try to tell some, something to somebody, give them some words of advice. Sometimes, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears, you know, because they just have to experience it themselves. It's for me. And sometimes the heart blinds the brain. You know, I'm going to speak from my personal experience, okay? Like, um, Emotions cloud judgment. Yeah, exactly. Emotions cloud judgment. And then, you know, I have somebody, uh, you know, who I care about, you know, deeply and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and it's like I can go ahead and tell her and offer advice and say, hey, this is what you should do. This is going to happen this way. It's going to, you know, it's going to unfold this way. But I honestly feel that, all I can do is just, you know, just continue that love, support, and encouragement. And she probably has to figure some things out on her own. You, know? you, you definitely and, have an influence. Yeah, I mean. But, but it's not as strong as most people think because they still have to figure it out on their own. Yeah, and it's like anybody. Not, like in my particular, particular situation, it could apply to anybody. It can apply to, you know, someone I'm talking to, but it's, it's apply to someone who, whom I care about that, it's like, yes, I just have to go ahead and let them figure it out on their own. And, you know, all I can do is just uh, be there for them if they if they need me or continue my my love, support, and encouragement for that particular person. And uh, just hope that they'll they'll figure it out in a, in, a, in a timely fashion. Because I've been in this situation before. I've been in a situation where it's been like that, and they haven't figured it out. And then you go ahead and, you know, you do your own thing. You go your own separate way. So let me ask you. And some. then later on, they come back. Knocking on that door. You know what? You were right. And this and that. And I fucked up. And and, that, and, and what do I say? I'm over here biting my tongue so bad and, and right I'm, now. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like this. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, sweetheart. Like, you had me. You had the chance. You had me. You had the chance. What's up, crazy world? You got to be a little loose upstairs if you're following us. But if you're not following us, what the hell are you waiting for? Listen, go ahead. Stop what you're doing. Pause. You can come right back to this. I want you to subscribe. Go to YouTube. I want you to go to iTunes. I want you to go to SoundCloud. I want you to just find any platform that we're on. Follow. Listen. Show your love and support. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Let's get back to the podcast. So, you know, Mike, when I hear you talk, it's, again, I hope, I'm biased, obviously, but I hope people out there can be a little bit influenced by not just what you're saying, but if, if they're like, hey, man, well, I'm not from the fucking New York. I'm not from the Bronx. I'm not from Harlem. I'm not 55 years old. I haven't been to, to the, the Navy. 
okay, well, then maybe you can relate to me. Maybe I can give you some credibility if I say it. And if I don't say it, whoever next, just that trickle effect, that pyramid effect. But, dude, the shit you're talking is what I always preach, and I preach it in one saying. This isn't something that I invented. This is a saying that I read from, holy fuck, I don't know if it was 40, no, it wasn't 40 Laws of Power, but it was a good book. It might have been Robert Emerson. Anyhow, knowledge speaks, wisdom listens. That's a two-part thing right there. That's not either one is right or wrong. If you're going to talk, if you're going to speak, make sure you're spitting out some shit, bro. Spit some fire. Spit some knowledge. Teach me something. Don't fucking talk if it's just nonsense, if it's stupidity, if it's a waste of both of our lives, of our energy, of our time. Wisdom, listens, is so much more valuable to just shut the fuck up and listen to whoever's talking. That doesn't mean they're going to teach you anything informative in a, in, a, in a knowledge form, in an educated form. But even when it's negative, they're still educating you because they're educating on you to not put up with this shit, not listen to this shit, avoid this dumbass. Next time, walk away from this conversation. Hey, when somebody, however you want to look at it. Avoiding the unnecessary. Exactly. So if I heard this dumbass entry one time before because I was wise enough to shut up and let this idiot talk, fast forward, here I am talking, it's me and Mikey, and here comes another idiot, and they start talking. The minute I hear that entry of what said idiot did while a while ago, now I'm more informative. Now I know this entry because I entertained it one time because I was wise enough. So now I'm wise enough to walk away and be like, no, nah, I don't need to hear this. So there's levels to it. If you're going to talk... Make sure you're saying some some shit, some information, something educated, something that's gonna you know make everybody prosper from hearing you talk. Make sure that if you got people's attention, if you got an audience, say something that makes fucking sense. Otherwise, be wise enough to shut the fuck up, pour out your cup, and let someone else fill it up with some knowledge. No doubt, man. I'm. It's like, um, you know, for for me, it's like I go ahead and I see people sometimes struggling going through stuff like you know in life in life and stuff and sometimes it's not even necessary to struggle sometimes that struggle is not necessary it's like you're 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 imposing that struggle on yourself exactly it doesn't have to you're be. your own worst enemy. right life can be a little bit easily you make these moves and make these moves it'll, maybe it'll be perhaps it'll be a little bit easier but sometimes I feel, I don't know, sometimes I think they like the struggle. I think that's the norm for them to be struggling and going through shit. And that makes them feel alive or whatever, for whatever reason. It's weird, but I can't, I, I can't relate with it because I, I don't want to struggle with nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, we all have our struggles, but if I can avoid something that's going to cause struggle or avoid something that's going to you know, cause you, you know, grief or heartache or whatever it is, I try to avoid it. Listen, sometimes you can't avoid it. Sometimes, even for me, you know, it's like... The easy thing is to go ahead and avoid it totally. Isolate yourself and not deal with stuff. But you're not living life. But I want to, okay, so I want to ask you something because I, I want to give this guy a shout out. I don't got to give him a shout out. Everybody knows who he is. Gary V. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of, one of Gary V's biggest, probably most valuable points are forget about the financial this and, and, and how he knows the game from the social media and how he always, you know, uh, uh, uplifts millennials for the right reasons instead of down talking them for all the wrong reasons. And, and I get it, man. And he's awesome. But I think one of the best things that he does is he reminds people 
<clears throat> to hey Gus, can you do me a favor? Yeah. Flip that around. So. <laughs> he reminds people. Um, where was that Gary V? Um, oh, you need you need to find your own niche, stick to it, and make sure you love it, because that has the most value out of everything. He's rich. He's filthy rich, mm-hmm. and he can fucking stay filthy rich. And he might lose money or gain more money. And he is always trying to make some money. Let's not, let's not act like he's a fucking, uh, 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 what's it called? A non-brief, uh, non-profit uh, organization because it's not that. But that's not his primary concern. Mm-hmm. And when he teaches people, the two main things he teaches people is, one, love what you do. Because if you don't, it doesn't matter if you make 50 or you make a million as in fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, or you make a million, you're gonna be miserable. If you don't love what you do, you can make a million, and you're still gonna be miserable. So that's, that's one of the main things that he says. He says, don't think about being rich, being successful, as being making three hundred grand a year. You can make a hundred grand a year and fucking love life, and life is amazing because you love what you do, and your formula involves X, Y, and Z, A, B, and C. Now, on the flip side, he also points out as to why he thinks and this is what I agree with and this is why I'm talking to you about it right now is I think the majority of people like he says struggle that was the the quote of the 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 moment right now struggle with life because they're trying to live outside their means they're trying to live for some facade they're trying to live or project something that they're not based upon some type of social pressure some type of my friends do this my Instagram. Uh, yeah, well, for oh Instagram, God, everything, Instagram. Everything nails down to Instagram. People believe what they see when nothing is real. And even, and even if it was, though, but I agree with you, Gus. Nobody, nobody's life is perfect. Gus, I agree no. with you. But what I'm saying is, even if it was me and Mikey grew up, we were this, we were that, here we are in life, we're 40 years old, and I got you know a Ferrari, an Audi, and I own my own business and whatever the fuck, and, and Mikey's just chilling, selling insurance, doing all right with two kids. But we cross paths and we start hanging out. And now Mikey feels like, you know, something egotistical kicks out of him. He's like, I'm going to go buy this. I'm going to go buy that. I'm tired of having this fucking van with the kids, this and that. And it's that, it's, that, it's that unforeseen peer pressure that people put on themselves to try to live and act like something that they're not, that they can't afford. It's a whole lot of phoniness going it's, on out it's there. Called, so I took uh, psych in school. It's called EI. When you stand around somebody or with somebody that has stuff, it's called envious influence. Yeah, that didn't well, exist listen, when we were when we were studying. No, it's just called stay in your lane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, yes. listen. The, the whole thing is this. Like, oh, I it's mean, epic. <laughs> it, it's just it's just it's just weird because let me I, I, listen. I get it, social media. I actually enjoy social media. I have fun on social media. Your fighters like to call you out on yeah. that, by the way. But, I think that's hilarious. But nothing on my social media is fake. I could tell you that right now. And you yeah. know, Wes. Of course. My shit is real. Our know? whole hashtag about today was, yeah, I we bl- ain't faking shit. We, we don't fake it. I, 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 I should put those smoke on people. I throw shade on people. I'm like, hey, man, you know, stop faking the funk. You know, I keep my shit real. I can appreciate it. People want to develop, you know, build their brand. They want to do this. They want to do that. They want to develop some type of identity, you know, uh, that they're not necessarily are. But I'm like, you know, I, I I understand it, but 
I don't agree with it a lot of times. I mean, my social media, I enjoy it. I promote most of the stuff for the fighters and stuff like that, where we're at, where we're traveling to. And whenever you whenever you post about you, and I want anybody out there to please follow uh, my, Mikey Sweet Science. No. Yeah, Mikey Rod. Um, shit, let me check. <laughs> That's how up I am on my social media. Well, while Mikey verifies, that when Mikey posts videos of himself chilling when it's not work-related, it's almost always the same shit. This man never posted anything about popping bottles. Uh-huh. He never posted anything on a red carpet. No. He doesn't post about uh, the, the lavish treatment that they get when they go to different cities, different countries in Russia and this and that. That man's posting pictures, chilling with the fucking homies, and they're at the beach relaxing mm-hmm. in the sun. Uh, uh, he posts the grind. He posts one of one of my favorite, uh, the hurt business, hashtag yeah, the business. hurt business. That was one of the best fucking things that come out of Mikey, man. Um you have you've never been that guy, dude. No, nah, man. Never I keep I, I listen. I keep You're it real. As fuck. I keep it real, and um, I always say I keep it real. And I, I, you know, and that's that's who I am, and that's you know that's how I've always been. I'm not gonna change who I am for anybody. Um, people who know me, people who are close to me. I mean, there's only there's not a lot of people down here that, that really know me or that close to me. I have a, I have a couple of people, you know, um, they know who they are. Good for you know, them. My little elephant. Um, uh oh! Shout out to the elephant. Yeah. Hey, do we have an elephant soundbite? Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, next, ne- next time Mikey comes on, we're gonna have an elephant soundbite yeah. ready for his shout out. But so, <laughs> but, but so um, I mean, I, I just I just keep it real. I just feel a lot of people get caught up in the whole uh, social media thing. And for myself, I mean, I enjoy it. But I, mean, I, I actually had a period when I got to get off it because I saw so much crap on it. And I was like, I, I, why am I doing this shit? You know, but then it's entertaining. And, and actually told, I've had people tell me, Mikey, man, why'd you shut down your Instagram? Put it back on. We enjoy looking at it and yeah. stuff like that. And so I, I reactivated it. I enjoy it. But I mean, people just need a reality check. And sometimes, and uh, you know, I live in the real world. You know, I'm not trying to reinvent myself, create myself. I do this, what I do, you know, coaching fighters, because it's my passion. It's because I love what I do. I have no other motivation other than that. I'm not trying to create an identity. I'm not trying to capitalize financially off it or anything like that. And I'm not knocking anybody else who is trying to capitalize it off it financially. I'm just be real about it. You know, don't be fake. You know, I have a problem with, with the fake. So let's bring it, <clears throat> let's bring everybody up to uh, up to date, and let's talk about reality. Like you were just talking about reality check. So reality check. Fast forward. Here we are. You're ATT. You're one of the best fucking gyms in the world. You came seven years ago. Fuck man, I know my math. We're in 2019. That'd be 2012. I'm just trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in 2012. But it really doesn't matter because ATT from Coconut Creek, Florida has been one of the top, if not the top, it all depends on what you want to compare it to, a.k.a. or um, John Winkle. um, Winkle John. Winkle John. um, Phuket, Thailand, ATT, whatever. There's only very few. But Coconut Creek, ATT has been top dog up there in the top three forever and a day. And you've been part of that wave. You've been in there. You've been... uh, You've been in the, the 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 filming of the show when you guys went against um, Black Zillions. Yeah, uh, you've been part of so many fighters that have come across. You've been, you're still part of so many fighters that are there. You've grown relationships with so many fighters from Amanda Nunes to Will Brooks to um, shit, man. Uh, you're Russian people, which I know I'm killing 
from Joanna to uh, Tisha. Tisha's been one of your main homegirls. Yeah, um, Tisha, 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 me and Tisha have just a, you know, a special relationship, you know, that um, it's been like that, you know, since since the beginning almost, you know. I mean, I, awesome. I just, we just spoke, er, I mean, we just texted each other earlier today. That's awesome. That's awesome. T- Tisha has a, an amazing following. She's got an amazing story. Um, she's been a little in the, in the, in the, in the, Less of a limelight. I can understand why. One, her relationship. You know. Two, um, I know that she wanted to bounce back from a a loss. Two losses ago, maybe. Yeah, Three she's had a. Few, she's had back to back losses, but yeah. you know, it's like she's been. It's been decision losses. Yeah, I was about to say she never got her ass whooped. No, she never none man. of that. She, Nor she, does she ever get that. No, she doesn't her. get ass whooped. It's like she just gets decision losses against the top, the top in the game. Yeah. It's not like she's finding some. Some bullshit chick. Right, right. No, she's fighting the top of the game. You I know. remember when she fought. Oh my God, Gus! When she fought, um, she just lost a decision. Well, decision two right. fights ago from from the. Uh, she lost a decision in Uruguay. The girl was really tough. Marina, tall. Uh, yeah, yeah, Marina Rodriguez, and it was tough because the girl. There's obstacles. The girl's tall, lengthy, and, and she's a wrestler. You know, I mean, she's a Muay Thai girl, actually, to be honest. Yeah, she's Brazilian. She's, yeah. There ain't no such thing as a Brazilian. Oh, wrestler. I'm thinking about the chick from... Oh, no, you're no, right. I got to confuse. But then she, she yes. lost to the current, the new champion, the 115-pound champion, really. I mean, that was a decision loss. And she just steamrolled Andrade. So it's like Tisha has had those losses, but it's been decision losses because, you know, it's just that's just the way it worked out. But it's like she's never been beat up. Actually, to be honest with you, actually, uh, people I work with exclusively and stuff, and we don't get we don't get pieced up, you know. <laughs> it just doesn't happen because you know you but know. But when there's other coaches involved, you know what's because it's like that's what um, you're saying, right? No, no, because yes, no, no, because come we, on now, hey, can you fucking <laughs> can, you, can you look for a button over there, please? Can you look for a button over there because I feel like it's happening right now, very silently. Mm. Let's see if I get the right one. Oh my god, I hope so. Quick, no, this is horrible. Uh oh, uh oh, Mikey's about to draw some shit right now. Hold up. Hold on, Mikey. Go ahead. Let's go, Mikey. Let's no, go. No, it's because, Wes, it's like, I mean, you know it because, uh, you know, you've known me. And um, I'm all about, in preparation for fights and training, a huge portion of it is is uh, focused on movement, angles, footwork, positioning, defense. And because I have the philosophy, it's like, no, I want to hit you and I want to minimize you hit. hitting me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to stand there and stand and bang with you unnecessarily. There may come a time where it, it may yeah. be necessary. Right, right. But why give you the opportunity to do that when I can just go ahead? If I focus on my movement, my angles, my positioning, my feints, all my little tricks that you know we work on where I can capitalize and I can hit you but you can't hit me while I minimize that impact, that contact. That's, for me, it's a major part of my game. And so That's the sweet important. science that yeah. you try to focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, so here you are at ATT. You start working with, uh, I mean, I don't know, who who, who the first high-caliber clients that you started working with, you know, fighters that you started working with once you came down here? What, well, what was it that made it official? Was it Dan Lambert on his own? Was it somebody who uh, connected you to Dan? No, I I mean, I actually started working with uh, Marcelo Alfaya. That's the one that brought me into ATT. And from there, from Marcelo, then I, I started working with, uh, I worked with India Gomez. I worked with Ticia. 
Torres. I work for India Kelly. Gomez is still in Invicta. She was in Invicta. Uh, she was. I don't know what she's doing now. I think she's out in Vegas. I'm not Vegas or Nevada right now. She's a Mexican, right? No, no, she's Brazilian. She's Brazilian. Fuck. And then um and then I started working with Kelly Nutson. He's out there in Nevada also. He's coaching now, has his own gym. Then, you know, it was Ticia Torres. And then uh it just started just building from that. Right, and then uh, I just, oh my God, it's easier probably to name who I haven't worked with right. at ATT right. because I worked with so you work, many. You work with more of the lightweight guys like Kyoji. I work with I work with yeah I work with Kyoji. I've helped out uh, Shorty. At, at is that purpose? Is that purposely or is that just no no Kyoji? I've been I've been working with Kyoji since his first day at American Top Team. His very first day, I've been his his one of his coaches, and that hasn't changed throughout his whole time there. You know, he's worked with other people before, but I've been consistent. Um, same thing with, you know, Ticia and, uh, and and other fighters, like, you know, that I work with. John so Lineker. And I work with Lineker as well. I, work I with wish you guys could get that motherfucker to move his head. I try. Holy <laughs> shit, I try, man. I try. I say, man. I know. like watching them, bro, because when you got a chin and a head that that's, that's just that fucking resilient to punches, that doesn't mean sit there and take it. That means do the opposite. Get get to moving because if you get caught, who cares? You're fucking indestructible. But don't sit there and just take it, man. We're, but we're he's working. fun to watch. We're man. we're working. I mean, I work with a whole bunch of. Plus, he's a heavy one. Oh uh, my god, one twenty five. I I work one thirty five. Yeah, yeah, but he's supposed to be a flyweight. He does 135 because he doesn't cut yeah, he to 125. Cut. To yeah, but he should have been 125. He's thick. Nah, he's he a won't. Thick. He won't make that. It's like Chad Mendes. He was a little thick. He'll never make that. But I mean, listen. The fighters I work with, there's so there's so many. I mean, some of my ones I work with, we have a re- like Philippe Linz from the PFL. He was the heavyweight champion last year. Yeah, Magomed Magomed Karimov. He was the welterweight champion. We still work together. I mean, essentially, he's, he's well, undefeated still, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's undefeated. Undefe- yeah, he's a un- well. Magomed has a couple of defeats, but he's undefeated in uh, PFL. Okay, but don't just <clears throat> don't just run through those fucking names like you ain't trying to have people hear your resume. So hold up, listen. You're very established. You've done some great things. You've worked with so many people. Amanda Brooks. I remember you worked with Will Brooks when yeah. he was Bellator. <clears throat> champion about to be defended. I think well, he, he lost won, it. He but won the championship. He won it when you were with him. Yeah. Then he took time off. Then he, he lost it, but it was still a great fight. Whatever. Anyhow, Will, there, there's so many people that you've been working with for such a long time. So let's not downplay it. But as of currently, right now, very right. notable who you're currently working with hands on. Like, I'm not saying they're head coach, but one of right. their main coaches. Say it again, the PFL, the PFL champ for the light heavyweight division? Heavyweight. Heavyweight division, which is? Philippe Linz. Now, now he's still currently the champion? Well, they, they have a new tournament this year, which yeah. he's out. Because oh, because they had, do tournaments yeah, every time. PFL. Yeah, the he million heard dollar it, tournament. Yeah, he hurt his hand, That's so he's right. out of this tournament. But he was the, the 2018 And then one of you dudes just won the, the welterweight? That was Magomed. FNG, right? Yeah. No, the Magomed, Magomed Karimov is the welterweight champ for 2018, but he's still in this tournament here. And we're advancing October 11th to uh, Vegas. He fights in Vegas. I also work, and he's the former champ. I mean, well, he's the 2018 champ, PFL welterweight champ. I also train uh, Kyoji Haraguchi, who's the Bellator and Risen bantamweight champion. Who's also a UFC veteran because he fought in the yeah. UFC. Yeah, he fought in the UFC. He left the UFC because, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't working for him. Right, you know, regards to fighting enough. Fighting enough, enough, getting paid enough, yeah. So he said, peace, you know. Um, uh, I mean, I work with Lineker. I work with uh, essentially all the, 
the fighters that come from Dagestan that come to American Top Team. I work with all those guys as well. Why you like, speak fucking doggy uh, or what? Ali, Ali, the guy from the, the one who's a welterweight champ from FNG, he's over there. I, I mean, it's just you know what it is is that um, I just have a good relationship, a good rapport with them, you know. And once you have their trust and respect, they pass it on. It's oh, those guys are those guys are those guys are you know they're solid, bro. They're solid. I saw that um. <clears throat> I can't say his fucking name, bro. Damn it, man! That Russian, he just, he just, he's with first round management. He just posted some pictures with uh with George Masvidal and Abraham. Um, Alexi. Yeah, there you go. Is is he is he training at ATT? Yeah, he's at ATT. He's the real deal, bro. I work with him before, Mister Ezekiel. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That's him. Yeah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, bro. Yeah. Ezekiel with a good chin. Uh. I mean, he can be a little bit he more a, fluid outside. A, a broken ankle, or, or yeah, something? I think he broke his ankle in his last fight. Yeah. But um, he's just a tough man, and so, he's, so, so he's deceivingly strong. You see his yeah. punch. that punch has power in it. I know it looks a little awkward. It looks like he's throwing a brick at you. I, I know but he's throwing a fucking brick at you. So if it hits you, I've, I've worked with him before also, and he's deceivingly strong. You'll be conf- you'll be you know you think oh look at that slow ass punch. Yeah, until they fucking next thing you know you get hit with it or that knee he throws. You're like. Damn! Don't hit me with that one again, please. You know? M- Mikey, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been there for for a good enough amount of time. Give us a give us a couple of experiences of like, man, when when this happened, it really shook the gym. When so and so got there, man, everything changed. It was a great vibe. It was this. When so and so lost, oof, kind of got ugly in there. Things were this and that. And and I ask you to say this. Not, not to try and expose anything, and I don't because I know there's always gym code, there's guy code, there's street code, there's all that shit. So I'm not trying to be a fucking uh, investigator, interrogator, or some goddamn you know uh, reporter. Uh, but within your limits, what were some of those experiences that you can remember? Two or three of them that you know, man, throughout my seven year span at ATT. Uh, I'll never forget when when so and so this this and that and when this this and that happened, man. You know this 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 that. Well, the one that sticks out the most is um, is when uh, Robbie was uh, fighting Tyron. That's the one that really sort of shook up the gym a little. The whole the whole gym was was super ready. Like he's got this. This is gonna no, happen no, for sure. No, no, shook up the gym because it was two people from American Top. But wasn't Tyron only there for about three or four months, or was it a lot more? No, Tyron. No, was, Tyron's been there before. Tyron was there before Robbie. Before Robbie came yeah. back, or came no, before he oh, came. Really? Yeah. But, Shit, but Tyron I didn't has know his, that. Tyron has his own American Top team out where he's at, and you know, and um. The whole thing was is that he spends a lot of time out there, and he splits time also well, in Milwaukee. He, in Milwaukee with Dick Rufus, and Duke Rufus, and stuff like that. So, what happened was when when that help went down, people would think. And but Robbie moved from where he was to American Top Team, located <coughs> his whole family. So when Robbie that, Robbie did that after what fight? Wasn't that after, wasn't that he was still he wasn't with the UFC? Yeah, he was with the UFC. Yeah, yeah. When he made that move, that wasn't still that um. Yeah, because on the UFC embedded, he was he was already in Coconut Creek. He was living in Coconut Creek. Yeah, I worked with him for the first Johnny Hendricks fight. Johnny Hendricks fight, okay. Yeah, but the thing was when that happened between those two guys, it shook up the gym a little bit because there was a little bit of like you know sides division. Yeah, yeah. It was unfortunate, you know, but just you know it happened. You know, what are you gonna do? You know, what are you gonna do? <laughs> All right. 
put you on the fucking spot. What are you gonna do when uh when Masri Dodd spanks up Nate Diaz? We 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 hope. Listen, we hope. I'm saying this very. It's hurting me to say this. We hope Covington <laughs> wins, and then. <laughs> And then they gotta fight each other. What is that? What do we do to that reaction? What do well, we do to that reaction? How, how we, is the gym? How do we handle case? that? How, how is that whole vibe with with Covington talking the way he does? And then, awkward. Uh, listen, because I, I know him and Jorge don't train together. They're, they're not. They're well, not. They don't spar together. They don't drill I look, together. I look like this. I mean, you know. You I, know they were super tight though in the past. That wasn't fake. I do, I do, I you know, I do what I do, and I conduct myself the way I conduct myself. And he's whoever, about to get politically correct on this guy. Yeah, I am. I am. And, whoever, and how people choose to conduct themselves, that's on them. However, let's go to Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. I like Nate Diaz, man. I like him as a fighter, dude. Uh, that is, is awesome. Uh, but Jorge, listen, for me, uh, I give it like this: Jorge's a real dude, bro. <laughs> We've been talking about Jorge all the time, man. Jorge's a real dude. That's, that's how, He's that's a real fighter. Yeah, man. You know, he 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 conducts himself as such, and I got large, and I have nothing but respect for him. I can appreciate how he conducts himself. I, I actually like it, you know, because he talks it, but he walks it also. Right. He doesn't do it in a way that's, you know, right. vulgar or crass or anything. I mean, he's just, he's just a, he's a, he's a, he's a real fighter, real dude, and I... I I respect his game. I was I respect him as a fighter and stuff like that. So, I remember when uh, the last um, interview that I saw with George, I think it was it was a couple of a couple of outlets. I think it was MMA World and somebody else. But they were they were at you guys' gym, and um, I saw the George interview. And then sure enough, you know, going through my YouTube things, mm-hmm. I saw Kobe's interview. I'm like, God damn. You can tell they're just at the gym and they're lining them up. They're lining up, you know, who they want to interview. All right, George, we're going to do you first. And once you're done, all right, cool. Kobe, go ahead and step in. We're going to do you. And I think it was called MMA Scrum or some shit like that. Anyhow, so George did his thing. It was an awesome interview. I fucking love how, how much better George gets at his interviews. I've known George forever, forever, when he was fucking street dumb, dumb, dumb to dumb. And um, to see how much he's advanced, man, it's just awesome. Uh, it's just really awesome. It, it really, it really makes me happy. But anyhow, so George was done, and then that, and then it, it comes up with a uh, fucking this cocksucker. <laughs> he starts talking. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the same spot, same position. Fuck, he's really at ATT. I thought Kobe was like all over the place except at ATT, especially because of the uh, controversy as to what might happen. And sure enough, they're interviewing Kobe right there, right after. George, and it's the same exact spot as the camera, and I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's it right there. With that hired, with that hired fucking uh, model, which he could have paid for better money. (laughs) That's actually the ring girl from my fights. She. Oh, is that is that the booty bitch? What's her name? That's her. He Um, he he definitely he. Yeah, well, whatever he paid, he didn't get enough from her because he needed to show her ass. How'd it feel to be in an arena and get booed by 17,000 people? Because it kind of seemed like you were enjoying it, man. It was amazing. I loved it, man. All these fighters, they can't even get a pop. They can't even get people to cheer for them. They can't even get 500 people to cheer. I had every single person direct their focus from the pay-per-view of the UFC on me walking out and sitting in front row. They didn't care about the fights. They cared that the greatest fighter in the UFC. This shit is nauseating. Yeah, I'm glad that shit stopped right there. <laughs> the greatest fighter. That's where it stopped. The greatest fighter. 
<laughs> what do you think, Mikey? Did that stop on you? Yeah. Good, no, right? No, it didn't stop. No, but that, um, that I think that one did. Listen, I'm 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 responsible for my own behavior. <laughs> is, that you, I, is that you biting your tongue? And how I conduct myself. So you're saying he needs to deal with whatever repercussions come. Or you're saying that well, you're trying to you're trying to maintain saying too much because I got a question. Yeah. Who do you think the gym About is fucking going time, for? by the way. Who who do you think the gym is going for more? Jorge or Kobe? I think they're not thinking about it right now. I don't think Who that, do you think they want I don't to think, have that I don't, belt? Jorge's got deep roots in American top team. Yeah, you man, know of what course. I mean, I mean and uh, you know, I'm not speaking ill of anybody, you know, but um you know, you get a lot of people that have a lot of love for 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 George. Good. Good. That's good to hear. Yeah. That's you know. not that's not I mean I guess it might be biased, but be honest you. Yeah. George is George is Miami. Mm-hmm. George is born and raised in Miami. He's Miami. He's everything Miami. Kobe's not. Kobe's not born and raised in Miami. You don't hear George talking about fucking Bush. I mean, uh, Trump and this and that. Like, no, that's that's not what George is doing. So, um, yeah, you can see why that should sway his way. Hey, 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 hey! Stop what you're doing for a second and pay attention. First of all. We really, really, really appreciate the love and support you guys are giving us out there. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for doing everything that you do to make us successful. But for those of you who are just now finding out about the Black Sheep Perspective, hey, pause what you're doing. Go kick that subscribe button. Go hit that like button. Go download that app. Do whatever it is you got to do to follow our journey because we got a whole lot of shit coming and we want to get everybody involved. So again, thank you everybody out there for showing you love and support. We appreciate every bit of it. Back to the podcast. I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's not like I'm trying to put you on the spot because it's not being put on the spot. But at right. the same time, I'll never forget the time that um, George walked in. He was with Kobe, and I was at a a CFA fight. That's a local for anybody listening. That's a, that was at the time that was a really hype, you know, local event. They put good shows on. They did. They they overpaid the fighters, and that's why they 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 went down. But they put on good shows. Anyhow, so it was a CFA fight. And me, bro, believe it or not, <clears throat> I was so involved in the fight game that I, w- I never wanted to sit down. I always wanted to walk around. I used to stand right at the, uh, like, that weird angled tunnel angle. I don't yeah. know. I never sat down. I was right there in the middle of traffic. And um, here comes George and, and, and Kobe. And uh, I think George came with, uh, with Paulino, which, by the way, I love Paulino. He's one of my original coaches. Love him to death. And uh, said, what's up to Paulino? Saw George. Said, what's up to George? George introduced me to Kobe. Kobe said, what's up? And they, like, parked right in front of me, kind of like where you're at, three, four feet in front of me. And then who's who's about to fight? Jose Caceres. And Jose was fighting, I think Jose was fighting um the the, the dude from the, the tough finale who uh, broke his, uh who shattered his leg, Corey. Corey Hill. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Corey Hill on a tough show, the Ultimate Fighter show, has, has shattered his leg like Anderson Silva did. And then he finally, he's trying to make his comeback, and he fights Jose Caceres in, in our neck of the woods. And then here's Kobe. And I hear Kobe talking to George. <laughs> Bro, I heard I had to hear Kobe for like two and a half rounds before uh, Jose beat Corey. 
I had to hear Kobe talk. It was the most painful shit ever. And from that point on, I had the sour taste in my mouth for him. I don't give a fuck who you are. I'm street. Mm -hmm. I'm this, I'm that, I'm whatever. That doesn't mean you got to be hood. No, of course not. I always want to make myself better like you do, like any intelligent person should want to do. But I know a snaky, fucking sorry son of a bitch when I hear one. And that was him. And whatever, he did his thing, talked his shit, and I was like, damn, that's a slime ball of a dude. He, he, I don't even know who he is. He's not even anybody. Then I looked him up. I was like, okay, but he still ain't no one, you know? Like, for real? You're still local. You're local. It doesn't matter. You're 90 and 0 at the time, 90 and 0, 91, whatever. And then, he, anyhow, fast forward, you have his fights, and it's like, all right. They're, like, very nut-hugging. They're very, you know, whatever, non-action. Then he starts talking shit, and it's like, all right, this guy's talking a little bit too much shit for somebody who's not putting on a lot of action. And then at that point, boom, it was like point of no return. And I don't know who became his promoter, his manager, his whatever, but whoever it was convinced him to just talk more shit than he needed to, and that catapulted him to where he's at. Now, no talking shit about what he's done to get here, and uh, definitely on his last fight. But let's attack that real quick. Cause that that had to be. You know, last last we let off at the at the weirdness of the fight of of what it did to the gym, Tyron versus um Robbie. Robbie. Now we're fast forwarding. Now Tyron doesn't really train with you guys that much, even if he's affiliated, he doesn't. Robbie, same thing. Right, he, Robbie he moved on. Moved on. Never on bad terms, but moved on. Now here comes Kobe, still been there the whole time. Kobe fights Robbie. And it was, oh, I don't know, Mikey. I, don't, I, I know this is a weird position for you. Can't talk shit about Kobe. He did his thing. He did his thing. Looked like little T-Rex rabbit punches for several rounds. But it weirded me out to see Robbie fight, if you want to call it that, the way he did. What's your take on that? Yeah, um, I watched that fight, and... Um yeah, I noticed that, you know, Robbie wasn't letting it go, you know, and and I say letting it go, I mean letting his, you know, his offense go. He was doing a lot of bobbing and weaving and parrying and blocking, but he wasn't countering off it, so I found that a little bit Agreed. Odd because that's what you should do. If you're going to be slipping and rolling, you know, bobbing and weaving, parrying, you know, uh, you should be coming back with a counter. So I, I I don't know what the cause. Otherwise, that's a lot of wasted energy. It's a wasted energy. Like, why, why would you yeah, do all that? It's like wasted energy. It's if like, you can dodge a punch, you can come right yeah, back on top. Exactly. Makes no sense. So I wasn't sure what was going on there with that. The only thing I could probably say is that, you know, uh, probably had so much concern about Kobe's ability to take him down that perhaps he didn't want to let his hands go and was more focused on defending the takedown that he wouldn't let his offense go. Because that's the only thing I could think of. Because, I mean, you know, say what you will about Kobe, but, you know, his his uh, wrestling game is yeah, top-notch. Yeah, for sure. Top it notch. is. It's called it is. top-notch. And, and that's always, a, that's always a, his biggest asset, and there's always a threat against any of his, of it, of his opponents is that. So you have to be uh, weary of that. But, and, you know, I'm not speaking bad about, what Robbie did, but perhaps he let that play too much a part into right. his his game. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't be worrying about so much about what somebody else is doing. You got to start focusing sometimes on what you're going to do. 
So you you know you know as as somebody who's been in the game for so long, one of the kryptonites to certain fighters or, or certain fight approaches is adjusting to a fighter's strengths versus applying yours and adjusting to their weakness. In other words, I remember when um when GSP did his thing, too many people tried to get ready for GSP. Hey man, I know he's gonna you know throw this and that, and he's just gonna try to take me down and. Hump, hump my calf. <laughs> um, and then I remember, I think it was Carlos Condit who gave him his first good run after a while, if I'm not mistaken. Carlos was like, I'm just going to do me, and that's it. And I'm going to make yeah. him adjust to me. Exactly. You yeah. have to present the threat as well. Yeah, you have to. Because the best offense is a good defense, and the best defense is a good offense. So um, you, you, you definitely have to counterbalance whatever it is that's going on with this individual. And I know that you believe in that. And uh, I guess... We'll see how that happens with, with him moving forward now. Being involved in Kobe's, I don't want to say being involved in his career like you were one of the primary coaches, but seeing him bloom, being part of the whole organization, so on and so forth. How do you feel about the uh, the, the fight coming up if, well, he is going to get it with Kamar? Kamar Usman and, and Kobe. Yeah. Why are we talking about that if we have, we have Dustin Poirier? And, yeah. Well, because that's what's coming up next. That's 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 Emporia and Khabib comes up next. I'm, no, I'm talking about the conversation. <laughs> oh, I thought you said the fight. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, oh. that's what's coming up for him. Oh yeah, yeah, for Kobe. Yeah, that's what's next for Kobe. There, there, yeah, yeah. there's nobody else. It, it's it's already no, it's no, not it's signed already, on, yeah, but that that's yeah. it. That he's gonna go against Kamar Usman. So what I'm asking you is, how do you feel about that fight? Honestly, um, <clears throat> you were you were in many episodes of the tough the tough filming yeah. when uh, Black Zillions went against ATT. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting because uh, Usman can wrestle as well, and he could defend. But uh, and he's and he'll be more offensive minded than uh, Robbie was with Kobe in this fight. That's for sure. You know, so it'll it'll be interesting matchup to see. I mean, everybody's got their opinion about you know what they think, but will it happen before December, Gus? What? The uh, the fight? Yeah, is it already targeted or not? Um, Spoken about but not signed. I, I don't. Not sure. I, I, I don't think it'll happen before December. Fuck. It probably would. I okay. say November. I think that's more of a reason why they need to pay George the right amount of money to fucking fight Nate bro, Diaz, bro. They need to pay George whatever it is. They need yeah, to pay dude, him are you kidding to me? To make that fight happen because that's the fight that fans. Dude, two see. of the hottest fucking fighters right now. Two two of the only fighters that speaks for the streets. For the, the lower income, for the third worlds, for the this, for the that. That's dumb, man. Make this shit happen. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm just ready for those press conferences. That's Bro. what I want to say. I don't, but I don't think they're going to go off on each other. I don't they're, think they should. Yeah, but they're going to talk to each other. They don't need to. They don't need to. It sells itself. It's, it's real recognized real. It's yeah. a, look, if you want to. They're going to talk shit, though. They're going to talk real shit. I mean, I think they're going to be like, listen, man. He's great at this and that. I'm telling you right now, I'm gonna kick his fucking legs off, and then when I kick his legs off, he's gonna have to adjust, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that, and then yeah. it's like that. But it's not like you're a pussy, you're a bitch, no, you're, no, no, no motherfucker. No. We're two G's. Yeah, you can't, you can't talk that. Straight up G's. Yeah, that's that's that's. Bro, you can't go wrong with with Nate Diaz, man. It's nah, just, damn, that would be so epic, bro. But, but listen, bro, that fight. Listen, they can announce that fight. And I don't think even think that they need to promote that fight oh, <laughs> for dude. it to be sold out. No, man. That's they don't they don't have to travel the country. They, no. That shit's just gonna be easy pickings on its own. But before we go into that, and we and we will, let's talk about the biggest thing coming out of ATT right now, coming up next fucking week. Today's date is September first. 
and it's on September 7th. We literally have hit the first of the month. Currently, we're recording this from Miami, and we are currently looking at a hurricane that's about to go westbound into it actually just, I just saw an update. I just got a text. 30 seconds ago, they just updated. It is stronger than Andrew. Holy shit. It just passed over the Bahamas. But 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 is it going west, northwest, or west east? They have no clue. I'm sorry, it's southwest. It's sitting on the Bahamas right now, so they Holy have no clue whether it's going to go west, north, south, I east. just hope it avoids Boca. <laughs> but it's it's currently you know, the strongest hurricane in the last five years. You know it's fucked up, and I'm not trying to avoid what you just said. Last even, five even, years. Even though, last I don't, even though I don't fuel negativity, but I was talking to my client about this on uh, Thursday when I trained her kid. And I was supposed to train her Friday. She's like, Wesley, you know, creo que voy a entrenar contigo mañana. She said, I don't think I'm going to train with you tomorrow. I said, why not? The, the hurricane doesn't get here till Sunday, Monday. I, because I got to get ready and it just takes a real big toll on me. And I'm like, yo, are you kidding me? I was like, come on, man, don't do that. Just go home, relax, chill. You need to work out, blah, 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 blah. Anyhow, I walked them outside like I always do. And I'm getting ready to walk them to their car. I said, man, you guys be careful this, that, 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 that. And she goes, she goes in, in Spanish, you know what, Wes? I know that hurricane's not going to hit us. I go, yeah, because the fucking meteorologist is showing us that it's probably going to go this route, and that's just it. Like, don't get stupid with it. Like, just let it be. She's like, no. Every time a hurricane comes, I pray to God. And I don't care what anybody else prays. I know that God answers every time. When it has to do with weather and I ask him something, he answers. So I know for sure this thing's going to bounce. <laughs> She texts me. She texts me when it bounced. She's like, I told you. <laughs> I well, said, hey, this hey, is hey. you and your blue head. I can't go somewhere right, else. Bro, I hope be. I hope it goes that way. Continue to pray uh, that lady. Uh, oh, light up a cigar. Oh, blow whatever. it. Yeah. Uh, thank Changu. Uh, give some sweets in the room. Whatever it is, man. Let that hurricane shift away from here. But regardless, hey, you know what? Again, and we're not closing out just yet, but again, that's another reason why I'm so thankful for Mikey coming over here because he had to drive about an hour, an hour plus to make it down this way. It's not the furthest drive. It's actually a beautiful drive. But with the traffic that we got in South Florida, especially when there's a fucking hurricane going on, yeah, people act stupid and it makes it a longer drive. So, Mikey, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming here. But um, all right, man, let's talk about this ginormous fucking fight coming up. We're about to get some biased opinions. We're about to get some real deal opinions. We might, we might, you know, ruffle some feathers. But Dustin Poirier versus Khabib, whatever you say his name, um, dude, this is a fucking awesome fight, man. It is so big. It's so awesome, and everybody's looking forward to it. And people really, really think, minus Tony Ferguson. Because of his ground ability, right. because of the sharpness of his elbows, because of his great conditioning and chin, people think Dustin is the only other person who can knock Khabib out of his reign. Let's let's talk one hundred. Let's respect Khabib's skill level, where he's gotten, where he's at, where we think he'll be, and let's talk about. You know Dustin and what you know about him, and I know he mixes camps up. He 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 trains. Um, I think the beginning phase of his camp in Louisiana, and then when he goes into that real shit mode, he comes to ATT. Is that pretty much what's going on? No, Dustin. Well, he lives in in uh, Louisiana, right? So I mean, I think he has his own spot out there also. But what he does, he does his camps at ATT, and he'll come even down 
I've, I've seen him help other guys before also come to ATT to help guys. So he's consistent with his training at American Top Team. It's, you know, so he does uh, the majority of his of his stuff at American Top Team. I want to um, give Dustin a shout-out in regards to I'm never, ever, ever a starstruck guy. I don't give a fuck who you put in front of me. You can remember it, quote it, write it down, take a picture. You'll never see me get starstruck for anybody. If I see a star, I'm going to look at them and be like, I'm a bigger star than you. You're withering away. <laughs> I'm yeah. the brighter star. I look at a star and I'd be like, <clears throat> I, I give him the, yeah. what's up? Real recognized real? Yeah, yes. I'm a star yeah. too? Okay, cool. So You're an idiot. I let, I let, I let that, says you, the most vain motherfucker in here. <laughs> Um, I walked out. I was at, I was in the keys with our our can't believe I'm our, you. our bro, our close brother Damian mm-hmm. Damian McLean. Shout out to my boy D Sentinel Seven. Whoop what what Wolfhound. Shout out to um Damian D. He's he's a, he's a super close friend of ours. He he fucking hangs out with you. You guys hang out more than we get to hang out, which I'm pretty jealous of. Uh, Fuck Jer- you guys, Jersey boy. Yeah, but um, we were hanging out in the keys. And we, we had stayed down there for about four days. I don't know if Damien can text me if, if we were live. He'd text me right now. But I think it was during a 4th of July weekend type shit. But anyways, so we go to this bar. And and I remember me and Damien, we're looking at, you know Damien, dog. He's a fucking war veteran, PTSD mm-hmm. motherfucker. He's not trying to be around more people than he has to. No. And if it's if it's one in the AM, if he's not in deep in some pussy, he needs to be knocked the fuck out. That's it. He's not there's not there's nothing else about it. It's no secret to it. Um he's like, dude, it's like nine forty five. We can go here, we can go there. He's looking through his phone, but there's supposed to be a little bar right here. Seems kinda of rinky dink, but I'm like, dude, that's what we need. Let's go to a rinky dink bar. Let's just get stupid sloppy with about, you know, four or five IPA beers and then mm-hmm. walk walk right back down to her. We were stationed at the Navy, the Navy oh, yeah, thing yeah, the Navy, down yeah. there. Yeah, Navy base. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, let's do that. Let's do that. Sure enough, we go to this place. It was a very southern, I forgot the name of the place. Dude, it looked like you were going into somebody's backyard. And immediately you see this band right there on this tiny ass stage. And you see a fucking bunch of people just sweating their asses off, <laughs> standing around close to the stage. It's not like a, it's not like a, performance performance but yeah it is mm-hmm. and then who's who's in the back of this fucking little group in his own little sweat box fucking dustin poirier with will brooks oh my god <laughs> will brooks is with his lady uh-huh. he's fucking hammered will brooks is hammered him and his lady are just having a good old time he's coming back and forth hugging dustin like yo Dustin's holding his own. He's doing his little fucking barnyard dance. I don't know what. He's in the zone, dog, chilling. <laughs> and I see him, and I'm like, I see him chilling for a minute. I'm like, this dude is just in his low, and nobody knows who he is. So I go up to him. I'm like, Poirier. He goes, oh, shit. And he fucking acts like he gets to attention. Mm-hmm. I was like, Dustin. He said, yes, sir. Literally, yes, mm-hmm. sir. I said, hey, man, I'm not one to go up to people and kill them during their vibe, bro, but it's good to see that, you know, you, you're such an important figure in the MMA, you know, world, and you just over here chilling. Oh, yeah, man, this is how I get down to... He's the first one who schooled me and reminded me that the Florida Keys, uh, um, not the Florida Keys, but Key West, unbeknown to a lot of people, is a replica of Louisiana, uh, I'm sorry, of New Orleans. Mm. Duval Street. Yeah, Duval Street. Is a replica of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So he's the first one that told me that. 
And he's like, yeah, because I'm from I'm New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans. I'm from Louisiana. This, this, and that. My 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 uncle told me this, that, bum bum, Key West. And I'm like, is it really? He's like, yeah. He starts telling me about the same way y'all got this over here and this. And I'm like, oh fuck, you're right. Holy shit, they're you known are, for second floor bars, dude. I, I I had no idea. He taught, he had to tell me that he did it just chilling. I'm like, stay right here, man. What you drinking? He said, man, I'll take whatever beer you want to get. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm an IPA guy. He said, I'll take whatever you get. Boom. I went and got two IPAs. He said, Will, you want one? Will said he was good. I came back. I got him a, a beer. Bro, we chopped it up. We talked about you. We talked about other people. And anyway, long story short, man, just as down earth as you can imagine, dog. Listen, bro. Um, Dustin, I don't, I don't talk to Dustin much and stuff, but I respect Dustin. Dustin is another one. He's a real dude, real fighter. Right. Him and George... Yeah. Manufactured, you know, at the same plant. Put it that way. Didn't we talk about this? You know? We talked about this, bro. Yeah, because I've had the same experience with Dustin. I saw him at a a hotel. He's a super nice guy. Super humble. I mean, he's that's all I can say. He's a a real dude. I respect his game. You know, he's not about that bullshit. And, um, you know, nothing but props to him. and, And, you know, congratulations to him for all his successes. He's achieved finally because he's been in this game for a while. Yeah. So we we did it. We did a um, Gus and I have a an M, I don't want to say an MMA. We have, we have a combat and coffee. That's what it's called. We mm-hmm. had a combat and coffee podcast that we started doing. And um, oh shit, it's good. Keep on. And um, anyways, it, it it in 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 that we just filmed on Thursday. Thursday, yeah, we just filmed Thursday a couple of days ago, a few days ago. We were talking about George. And uh, then we talked about uh, Dustin, and then I told I told him I said, dude, they have a very similar story. They're both veterans in the game, who have been up and down, never down, mm-hmm. but up and down. Yeah. And they both had opportunities where they could have launched, and they both missed those opportunities. Dustin missed it with um, Con- Connor, which he got clipped on some bullshit punch, mm-hmm. whatever. George missed it at Strike Force. When he let um, Gilbert Melendez overwhelm him, I don't know why. I mean, but he still went five rounds with everybody. He lost. It wasn't George though. And then I think George got caught up in another fight that he. Well, Damian Maya, he didn't. He didn't fuck that up. It was just Damian Maya, and that's just that, you know. So. But then he he lose to Al and Quinta West. I thought he won. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody, yeah, he yeah. Did they win. booed, they booed, they booed, they yeah. booed. That's when George took the layoff, right? Yeah. Fucking Ali Quinta got booed. Of course he should have got booed. I mean, no, he shouldn't have got booed. That's a that's a lie. It wasn't Ali Quinta's fault. Mm-hmm. It was the judges' fault. Yeah. But Ali Quinta shouldn't have clicked on them like he did. Anyhow, um, it, you know, to, they both have a great story, and to see see them both at this point in their in their careers you know the late part of their careers the hey uh, i only have so many more and it's great to be here let me make the best of it capitalize on it right now yeah man it's fucking awesome dude and um i'm happy for them both bro you know i'm like listen i give props for props to do you know i mean i have no i i often give accolades to other people you know and I give them the props and stuff like that. But I give them both. You know, those guys, you know, been in the game for a while. And, you know, they're at the point right now where they're, I think, at the pinnacle of the success for both yeah. Dustin and George. So make the most of it. You know, capitalize on it. You know, then and then see what life has in store for you elsewhere also after fighting. So 
Uh, I'm glad that you said that all like that because I, I want that to take us into uh, what I think is a, a bigger segment of you. And that's, what is it that follows? You're 55, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's true. Okay, you look, you look. Putting it out there. He's you look, putting you it look, out there. Boom. You look 39. I'm a young, I'm a young you look, 55. You look 39 and a half. Thank you, my brother. Okay. Yo, y'all, I hope the fans can see this. I don't know I don't know where they're at, but can you see this? Dude's got muscles, tattoos, young shit. He got, what, 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 I'm sorry, what? He's flexing abs. And then tell him, who, who are the glasses made by? These are... The, <laughs> Giorgio Armani. <laughs> Did you see the commercial that just got filmed? <laughs> Bro, hey, your your fighters, your peoples are gonna clown on you when this shit goes public. Public, I can't wait. Listen, I'm listen. I take care of myself, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm an OG, but uh, I'm a young at heart, man. You know, and um, like you asked me, what happens after this? Yeah, Mikey. So l- l- let me get a little bit more detail. Okay. So I don't want you to give a number. Mm-hmm. You don't got to tell ATT or the world out there or anybody who listens to the podcast that, you know, hey, man, after this, I'm done. You don't got to tell us that because you don't have to be because it's all where your heart's at, right. uh, where, where you and the future wife you're at, where your travels are at, where, wherever it's all at, where your pockets are at. It's all, everything plays a fucking role. So, but what are what are those goals? Well, you know, the, the, those some of those goals are starting to nearby. You're definitely not some idiot. You're not some, you know, I don't fucking prepare. You're a game planner. You know, you you yeah, you, you blueprint, you sure. blueprint for sure. Your military background, mm-hmm. your law enforcement background and then your MMA background, you have no fucking choice. We plan, you know, this is what we do. So what are the possibilities? What what are you contemplating that follows in the next 5 years, 10 years? 5 years I still see you at ATT. I still see you doing things. Past five years, a lot, a lot of different things can happen. A lot of different things can happen within the next two years. I just don't know that I've gotten that hint from it. But yeah. what, what's going through your mind? What's going on? We don't need to hear who the love life is and all that. Mm-hmm. But we know there's somebody there that's going to play a role if things keep going well, if, if things bloom. So what is it that Mikey Rodriguez you know, sees happening from, from the next two to three, five years up until 10, 15 years from now? <clears throat> well... I was a deep ass bro. Let me, I, to keep it, you know, <laughs> keep it real. Said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> said a lot. I'm like, okay, let me write this shit down. Right. To keep it real, keep it, you know, 100 with you. Like I always do, keep it 100. Um, most of my 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 goals and stuff, I've already achieved, you know, in life. You know, the only goal I really want for myself in the immediate future, and I immediate future, I say within the within the next couple of years and beyond i just want to enjoy my life you know i just want to enjoy my partner whoever whoever i'm with whoever i end up with um i want to be uh i want to be a you know a good man to that person i want to you know love support and encourage you know her to achieve everything that she wants to do and i just want to be there to help facilitate that and um to enjoy life Travel, um, and live a good life. I want to continue to live, as I always say, a life worth living. You feel like you've already done that to a great extent, and now you just want to continue it. I have a lot of things that I I have a lot of things that I need, you know, in life. The uh, like like I said, the only one thing I want that I see is um, isn't that relationship with someone and to just enjoy life and to, you know, to 
operate and be as one and uh, to just embrace, capture and embrace the wonderful moments that life has to offer. So, you know, you you really do speak, and that, and that sounds great, and it sounds really loving, and pretty much a lot of females there will be melting right now, just just <laughs> drip, 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 drip. <laughs> but I want to ask you some real shit, though. Mm-hmm. You kind of just, you kind of just didn't even mention or hint towards any kind of business, any kind of continuing of the career, any kind of financial retirement investment, so on and so forth. Everything that you said was almost I mean, all. You were law enforcement, so you have a pension. So yeah, I have a good pension. Yeah. No, I, I, and I, it's a 80, 90% of. No, no, no. It's uh, I put it this way. I, I don't have to work. That's good. Okay. So, again, so, he so that's. Hit, that's he, a, he just hit us with the. Right there, he gave us one of these. But that's good. But, but that's you know, real good. But that's because I, that plays a role, bro. That that's just like, you know, I don't want no kids. I don't want I don't want any kids. I tell you right now, I don't want any kids. Hold I, on, and I, I, I love must, kids. And I'm not speaking. And I fucking adore kids, but I don't want any kids. Well, you got now, no choice now. Nah, nah, check it out. What the fuck you talking about? You shooting blanks, homie? <laughs> nah, you don't know that. Okay, low you're probably right. You probably no, 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 no. I don't have a low T level. I'm telling you right fucking now. <laughs> I'll go show you the fucking testosterone boosting pills that I have. <laughs> In the goddamn cabinet right now. Shout shout out to a monster testosterone pills, whatever the fuck. It's got like a gorilla in the front. I don't know what that is. Anyways, um, no, what I'm saying is if I was, let's say what happens is going to happen and that's this fucking podcast blowing the goddamn fuck up and I'm over here doing great. We're all doing great. Everybody's loving life and I got deep ass pockets. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the next fucking Joe Rogan. That could influence... Me being cool having kids, and I, and I want to I want to make sure that I'm honest about that. I don't want to be a hypocrite about that. If my pockets were that deep, where where I can take time off, I can be home and not worry. I can I, I'm not worried about financial issues. About you understand that a kid costs you about three hundred and fifty grand by the time they hit eighteen. I might be missing that, but by a few grand. But I know I'm not off. A kid costs you. On average, three hundred and fifty grand by the time they're eighteen. That's just eighteen, motherfucker. You still got plenty more years. I'm forty two, dog. Mm-hmm. I don't care to fuck with that. Why? Because of how much it'll hold me back from doing all kind of shit, financially, travel, this, that, whatever. But if I was pretty fucking rich, it changes everything. So that's all I'm saying. That's all. So you're financially stable. You're great. You're settled. You ain't gotta work no more. Does that play enough of a role where, hey, do you care to have kids? Or is that out the picture? Is that something that you, you know, you're not even thinking about now? I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, um, well, I'm just speaking about just it's myself right now. And now I have someone who, you know, I'm involved with. You know, uh, we have a future together. Obviously, that's a contributing factor because she has something as well. So that even it, it, it strengthens us. Right. As in regards to having children, um, I'm not opposed to having children, you know, at all. I mean, I, I like children. I'm not opposed to it. It just happens if it works out for us, you know, or if it's in the cards, you know what I mean? Not everybody's, you know, meant to be a parent. Not everybody should be a parent. And then some people that absolutely they would be awesome parents. Right. You know, so I'm more or less of the mindset like, you know what? 
whatever life has in store for me, I'm just going to go ahead and embrace. I'm going to go ahead and try to do the things I can to make it, you know, to facilitate it, you know, but, um, you know, who knows? Put it that way. What's going on, beautiful people? Just want to take a moment to thank everyone out there for tuning in. We continue getting so much love and support and appreciate every bit of it. But on that note, if you're a new listener or simply someone who's interested in following our journey, please take a second to subscribe to our channel or download whatever necessary app in order to never miss a show. Also, why not give us a follow on Instagram at blacksheep305 and at Gus Villa Mill. Again, we truly appreciate all the love and support and look forward to continuously giving everyone listening a different perspective. Now let's get back to the podcast. I really understand exactly where you're coming from and I love the fact that you're so open to it. I think that speaks volumes. Um, I definitely approach when, I, when I'm going to attempt a serious relationship. You know, right now I'm single. Um, but my ex, before I attempted it with her, I already, I already was willing to accept that she was had two kids. And that was something that I was like, I'm okay with. Of course, I think that it, I think just about anybody I take a chance with, they're gonna have kids. Oh yeah, the, the, for, the numbers listen, are up there for, for sure, bro. Listen, and, and, and I'll do it, and I'm okay with 100 percent now. I have no problem with it whatsoever. If I meet the one tomorrow, and she's like, you know, a couple months from now, hey, I want to have a kid. I'm, I'm gonna break her heart. I don't want to have a kid. Or yeah. if I meet the one tomorrow. And before three months from now hits, the black sheep perspective goes fucking skyrocket and shit's looking pretty. Okay, I got I got money. I got I got less issues to worry about. I would be more willing. I just hope that makes sense. I'm not trying to be hypocritical. I just don't I don't want the headache. I don't want the burden. I don't want the that type of alteration in my life. Unless I was so financially stable that that hit would be less impactful. It would not be as big of a hit if if I if I have that much money if I'm that wealthy, otherwise, I don't want to go through that struggle. I want to be able to travel for my business. I want to be able to travel for everything that I love to do. I want to be able to travel because guess what? I haven't traveled and I'm 42, mm-hmm. and I've gotten to this point where I have the I have the ability to make that decision of whether or not I want to accept certain kids age bracket of kids or to have a kid, and um, I guess that's just where I stand with it, but. I think the way you said it was pretty, pretty, pretty fucking well said because of given all the circumstances, and that's that's what an open-minded person needs to be thinking like. So that's 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 good for you. Yeah, if, I mean, honestly, if, like for me, like you said, if she had a, a child or two, you know, two. Honestly, I don't base if, if I'm entering a relationship upon that. I mean, I accept or I love the woman for who she is, and. And she has a, a, a child, two children, however m- number of children. It doesn't matter because I, if I if I love her, I, I love her totally, and totally means her family as well. Right, taking the whole package. Taking the whole package. So sure. you know, you just have to be. I mean, you just have to be the type of individual that's willing to do that. You know, I mean, prepared. Some people aren't. Some people won't date women that have children or anything like that. They're like, nah, that ain't my kid. I'm like, oh, please, bro. Nah, nah, that's ridiculous, bro. But but but. But well, I, I have I, that I, mindset, but that's because I'm young. I'm not gonna date somebody with a kid at 24. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have time. That's to, understandable. You got, yeah. you yeah. got, you got way bigger options. There's, there's exactly. no reason exactly. you have to commit to that. But, yeah. but, yeah, but, but what I was saying, I think Mikey would say is, 
if it felt if it felt legit felt if, it, right. if it was a real damn dude like i'm i mean if you're a moron and you're always fucking falling in love like you know who <laughs> you know who well we don't gotta say his name because then he's gonna fucking get hurt fucking butt hurt forever with me but you know who yeah if it was like that then no then you have no credibility but if you're not like that yeah and you felt some dope shit and this this girls, you know, all the right stuff, and then then I will tell you, you're an idiot yeah, you, if, if you don't let if you don't can, if you let yeah, that wall of she's got a kid, you know, it happens. happens. Hey man, when, when when it's real, it's real. You feel it's real. You feel that connection. You feel that energy. You can feel it. You can that you get that vibe, you know. So I'm like, you just gotta go with it, man. You gotta the heart wants it. You just gotta go with it. Sometimes within reason, you can't get reckless. But you have to follow your heart sometimes. And so, sometimes so, so, but, but reckless. See, I want to elaborate on reckless though. You can't get reckless. But what's reckless? Reckless is if 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 you don't share a certain amount of common grounds, I don't think you should entertain this. There needs to be a certain yeah. amount of common grounds. When yeah. I say that, I don't I don't mean a religion or a parental. No, I, I mean like a thought process, a way of thinking. You know, you know. But not just that though, Mikey. If we all work nine to fives. That's a hypothetical. If we all work nine to fives, if we're all slave-driven Monday through Friday, in some shape or form, eight to nine hours, and then you throw in traffic, that's nine to ten hours. Now, we only have so much time that we spend together slash with the kids. Really, all we got is the weekend. That's like all we got, the weekend. That's your typical household. Does that make sense? Am I yeah. fucking, am I? No, that's, no, that's true. true. I, don't, I, I hope people, but I don't think people think like that. I think people think on the lovey dub tip and this and that bullshit. No, man. Do the fucking math. Do the math. Math will solve everything, man. So if all we got is so many, all right, well, we got about three or four hours where we're awake throughout the week that we see each other. But we got kids, so there's homework. There's bathing. There's cleaning. There's this. There's entertainment. There's that. By the time we're done, if I got enough energy to fuck you, you're lucky. Okay, if I if if I have enough, you know, in me to just we'll sit through one Netflix special, you're lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't sit through so an all episode that, of anything. So so I'm not only 24. I can imagine when I'm older. So what do we have then? We got the weekend. So guess what though? It's football season. In my whole life, I grew up as a diehard Dolphin. So sorry for you. And then you go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you. You you never even learn football for a day of your life. You don't give a shit about sports. Just nothing. But when I met you, you were hot as fuck. You had big titties and the sex was great. And I didn't think about that bullshit. So now we fast forward four or six years into our relationship and now it's misery. Because the only time we got time to breathe, we don't even care to hang out. Because we both like doing two different things. It's a dumbass setup. So what I'm saying is you have to filter out what you're going for. And if you feel that love bug, you've got to be realistic in regards to like, okay, I feel the love bug, but let let me go down that checklist. How many checks does she have on the checklist? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. Otherwise I just need to realize that 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 pussy was phenomenal last night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, or I need to realize that, you know, I'm a little lonely because I haven't been with anybody for a year and I have been sexually active for four months, and that girl just did all that. You know, that that's really sitting back, calming yourself down and taking things for what it is. So if you do that, kudos to you. At that point, I'm, I agree with Mikey. Yo, go with the feeling. Take the chance. Yeah. Just don't be an idiot. Yeah, you, you got to, for me, you got to, I believe that you got to take the chance sometimes. How will you, 
how will you know if you never go ahead and take the chance? You right. Know? And sometimes it'll work out, sometimes it won't. I mean, ideally for me in a situation, in a position in life that I'm in right now, I love to have someone that's like, you know, you're either, she's either doing something part-time, which allots us plenty of time for us and whomever there's family involved, you know, children involved, or she's at a, a stage where, you know, she's her own boss doing her own show so she can she can um, control her time mm-hmm. as to when she's doing things and when she's not doing things. Ideally, that would be a best situation for me. I and, just and read, the lifestyle that I want to have. I had just got an article. I, I subscribe to um, Entrepreneur. I don't know if, I don't know if you've read that magazine. It's a fucking amazing magazine. I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyhow, it's a great magazine. It's all about business owners and what they do and all the top businesses and how they got there and so on and so forth. And, um, one of the biggest things that it was talking about was um, kind of what you were just alluding to in regards to uh, the, the, the the mixture of the, the the business with the relationship and finding finding that right formula. And and some of these people who who hit the highest points of of their I don't want to say fame, but of their prosperity, is because they went a different route. And like for instance, their meetings was never in the boardroom, was never anything formal. They had a patio. And they would serve drinks, and you had an hour and a half, and there was a couch and a this and a that because they thought that when people were there naturally themselves, it brought out the best in them. And that's the same thing that applies to you talking about what's ideal with you know with a relationship. You know, certain things need to fit just right in order for it to be worth trying. But if certain things fit right, yeah, man, you you have to be willing to jump. You got to give it a try. You got to you got you to grab your nuts. You know got things to. of that you know nature. Again, if you're homeboy, no, you need to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't make another decision without consulting with somebody else. <laughs> but I was engaged yeah. at 24. It's the stupidest thing I almost. It did. happens, man. It of happens, course, man. I disagree with it, but it happens. It happens, you know. I it's was talking. Like what he said. Uh, what, what was it you said? Which I'm taking that 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 saying that the love blinds a oh, that yeah. heart blinds the brain. Yeah, the the heart, yeah. the heart blinds the mind sometimes. Yeah, that's 100 well, percent true. The the best way to describe it is emotions, uh, emotions cloud judgment. Judgment. Yeah. If same. you if you yeah, it's the same thing. If you if you live and die by that, if you remind yourself of that. Man, it'll help you sit back and think about, okay, hold on. I'm pretty fired up right now. It's happened to me. And it could be so many different things. It could be Mikey in the middle of a fight. And he's pissed off that his fighter didn't fucking throw the combination. And then because of that, emotionally, in between rounds, he tells, you know, Tisha Torres, hey, I told you to fucking go do this and do some that. Instead of instead of realizing, like, you know what? She's not thinking clearly. I'm being emotional. Let's Let's get back to her level. Let's see if we can get her to take a shot. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and 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 that's the levels of of recognizing. Hey, I'm being a little emotional right now, and that's causing me not to think the way I should. It happens to all of us. It does. It gets man. the best out of we all, all of we us. We all experience emotions. Same for me as well. I experience emotions at, at this stage of my life. Also, I can't help it. I'm human being. You know, um, all I can do is try to sometimes let let not let my emotions get carried away. Right. Because honestly, like a lot of people, they'll see me someplace, whatever. They know my affiliation with the team. They'll see my social media. And people will go ahead and form an opinion of me right. that is not necessarily who I am. They see something on social media or in public and they think, oh, he must be this, he must be that. 
No, man. There's so many different layers to me. You don't judge me based upon what you see on, you know, the internet or even what you see. May, you may see me out in the gym or at a, at a venue at a fight. And, you know, they tend to think a certain way about me. But I'm, I, I would surprise so many people if they actually got to know who I really am. They would be like, wow. You know, it's like I would never think that he was like that, especially right. when it comes to me. Listen, I'm a sensitive guy, man. I, I, I hold no punches about it. And I'm not making excuses for it. That's who I am. And I'm always going to be that way. I'm a loving individual. I care about people. And if I love you, I love you 100%. I'm the type of guy, if I love you, I'm with a woman and I love her. Right. I love her 100%. There, there is no fucking detour path. No, baby. I'm yours 100. And I'll not only show you that love and make you feel that love. You know, that's the type of guy I am. I believe in all that. I believe in the fairy tale. It's not common. I know it's different than what a lot of other men, a, 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 a lot of other men who have. You well, know, shit, that's that's the opposite of like seventy five percent of men. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and the men who've like like lived the life that I've lived, that's not the norm. But fuck it, bro, I'm not normal. Well, there's, and I think that falls right on right on cue with black sheep, <laughs> <laughs> which which is a great thing. And you know what? And I and I think that's awesome that you kind of did that on your own, and we definitely didn't set that up. And fucking the video footage can show it, but gotta that's that's that, that, gotta that, keep listen, Wes. You gotta always be true to yourself, man. Always be real to yourself, man. Fuck what everybody else wants you to be, what people think of you. Be true to yourself. Be true to your heart, man. And that's all that matters. Because at the end of the day, you know. When you're, you know, you're going to sleep at night, you know, if you have somebody, you know, it can be, a, you know, uh, your woman next to you that you can reach and hold and feel or just have that family member that you know is there or that best friend that, you know, that you love and support each other. Those are good things in life. Gus, it could also be another guy, bro. So don't yeah. get fired. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to make jokes about that. <laughs> whomever, whomever you choose to love, you know. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> it's just that we just have to cherish the, the good people in our lives and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm all about connecting, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a different level, on an emotional, spiritual. You know, I, I want to connect, you know, the souls. That's what I'm about. I, everything else doesn't mean anything to me. You know, not at, not at this stage, man. I'm, I'm more about that. You know, I'd rather take my time. Like I said, I'd rather take my time than waste my time. So, look, you got, it seems like. We don't want to jump the gun, but it seems like you're in a pretty good place with with this significant other. No, um, no, no. It's a work in progress, bro. Let me not get crazy. I'm just seeing what's happening. I, I said a good place. That's why oh, okay, we, okay. we, we know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's vibing good. It's vibing good. But regardless, man, even, yo, honestly speaking, I'm not trying to sound like a fucking dog because I'm the last, the last thing I am. But if it doesn't go through with her, then fuck, okay, on to the next. Not on to the next, like, uh, fuck her, next bitch. No, but just life moves on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There, there, there is no just one, in my yeah. opinion. There is no just no soulmate. There's just a certain real deep energetic. I might have to. You, you, you I might have to travel all. I might have to travel out of South Florida for that one. Though. I say it all the time. My <laughs> wife, my wife does not live in Miami. <laughs> so there's two things I tell my mom this all the time. My wife either does not live in Miami, or my soulmate died in a car crash before I met her. <laughs> So, so I don't think I don't think either one of us are really trying to be comical about it on purpose. I think, look, every joke holds a significant amount of ground of truth, right? Yeah. And the truth is that, okay, for instance, not to get off topic, I don't believe in karma. What I do believe in is, if you hang around shit, 
you're bound to attract flies. Yep. So if we're a bunch of thugged out motherfuckers, pretty sure I'm going to get in some shit at some point. If we're thugged out motherfuckers and we get away with a bunch of shit, at some point, numerically speaking, especially since we hang around dirt, something's going to come back at us. It's not karma like some phenomenal spiritual whatever the fuck that literally directs itself at, hey, it's your turn again. No, it's just the numbers game. If I keep cliffhanging, I'm bound to fall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That type of shit. If I fucking fight MMA, I'm bound to get clipped. I'm bound to get hurt. I'm bound to this. Um, I don't want to put so much emphasis into uh, the, what do you want to call it, the soulmate or anything of that nature. I don't want to yeah. go that deep into it. What I want to say is hold your ground on the bar that you set. Be realistic about that bar. We're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about a fucking 10. Expectations. Yeah. We're not talking about a 10. If you know goddamn well, you're a four. You know? We're not talking about a five foot 11 model if we know you're five five. <laughs> I, hey, I've been with girls, I told you. I know, but you don't want to, you know. <laughs> you know, you can set that bar. You can set that bar. No, tall girls like me, but it'll never work out. I just would <laughs> hey, never Wes, do You it. know what? I had someone. Um, Tell me before she she told me she says, Mikey, you set the bar very high. It's hard for anybody to compete with that. So what? And I'm like, so nothing what? wrong with that. And I'm like, you damn right. So I fucking what? I ain't anybody. Mike, if you look at my face, I'm not flinching, bro. <laughs> so fucking what? Yeah. You know how many times I got told that? I don't even get, I don't need to be told that. Yeah. I tell matter of fact, look, I'll give props to my ex right now. She knows who she is. Yeah. I'll give props to her. She re-raised the bar. She re she the bar rose mm -hmm. because because of, yeah because of the things how she was how she treated me the amazing relationship we had. Forget about why we're not together. It's not gonna happen. But she brought things to the table that I was like, yo, I always wanted that, and I know that's what I deserve. I knew you existed. Okay. But you just brought too much else to the table. <laughs> <laughs> and then that was that. But what she brought her herself as an individual was amazing. And she raised the bar. And I told her. I told her uh, I'm part of our three breakups before it was finally official. Yo, you 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 did good by me and I did good by you. I know I raised your bar. I know I helped her become better. And I know I helped her get through a whole lot. She helped remind me of, hey, don't matter about your age, your this, your that. Don't fucking lower the bar. We exist. Be patient. Have fun. Do your fucking thing. Be focused. And another one of us will pop up. And that's what I feel. But once again, you got to attract it. You got to manifest it. Yeah. It's not going to just fall on your lap. Um. So uh, I think that's awesome that, that you're flirting with that. We'll leave it at that. Well, you're flirting with it. Whether it goes through or not, doesn't matter. It won't, it won't, it won't break you. Can help make you, but it won't break you. Um, Mikey, tell us what's coming up. You know, before we close out on this amazing podcast with you, what do we got coming up? What can we look forward to in regards to uh, specific fighters who are completely under your tutelage? I know that ATT, you guys got a magnificent way of spreading your coaches around and who works with who and who does what and who vibes with who. No beef. It's just about what works. Hence why you guys have been so successful. You had bumps in the road in the past, and you bounced back, and right now you guys are back on top again. Yeah. So there's a lot of great things going on over there. Um, what do you personally that you're connected to? It's not about anybody else in ATT because there's so much going on, but what do you personally have going on that you're connected to that's coming up with your fighters 
Uh, enlighten us on that real quick. Well, what I got coming up in the immediate future is um, is October 11th at the PFL uh, Championships uh, in Las Vegas. And that'll be with uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov. He's the 2018 multiweight champ. Right now we're in camp. Uh, everything is looking good. Um, Gus, did you say he's undefeated or no? No, he's not. He has no, a couple of different. It's a different guy. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. He's yeah. a FN champ, world champ. Yeah, he's um, Magomed's got a couple, but he's undefeated in the PFL. Okay. So, we've got the October eleventh, October eleventh date coming up in Las Vegas. Um, everything is going well in camp. He's uh, such a good guy. He's a great fighter, so well rounded. So that's what's coming up uh, immediately for me. Um, as far as uh, next fight, next travel. Um, obviously, there's always something that pops up, so I'll just have to see what happens and stuff like that. you know. But as far as the next, like what I would consider big event, because I do consider big event, PFL does a wonderful job. They, they, they put on the great shows. They got some good fighters there. Yeah, they definitely stepped their game up. They're doing really good. They're, oh, probably, yeah. they're probably at their best right now. Yeah. yeah. It's heavily influenced by entertainers, too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's that's owned very by, true. by um, yeah. I they, think they, 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 they big partial owner is Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart's involved in some way. I did not know that. He's, he, yeah, he's yeah. a big he's a big part owner of it. Nice, yeah, nice. I mean, they really do a good job, man. I'm, I'm, and what I really like about that organization, to be honest with you, I mean, I've dealt with all the organizations, right? The big ones. You go there, man. You feel like you know, it's almost like a checking out my boys, like family. They make you feel welcome, you know. There's a, a good relationship. I mean, I at least I have a good relationship with the guys who run that show there. I mean, one of the guys who runs the show there, who's he's amazing and he's such a good guy, is Ray Sifo. Yeah, and, uh, the owner of a uh, PFL, yeah. which was once the owner of WSOP. I'm sorry, the president. Yeah, president. But um, which is also he was also a very established, very known fighter. Kickboxer, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, well, heavy, champ, heavy, bro. goddamn yeah. kicks, boy. Those, those oh. ham hocks. Ray Sifo is no joke. Nah, big at up, all. Yeah. Big ups to Ray Sifo. You're my boy. I'll see you at the next event. <laughs> Shout out to Ray. Shout out to him, man. He's a he's a good guy, but he's he's so like easy going too. You yeah. Know? And where, where, where's he from? He's not Hawaiian. He's not Samoan. What New, is New Zealand? New Zealand is that what yeah, it is? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a he, listen. That big dude, teddy bear who who fucking yeah. break your neck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of New Zealands. <laughs> big time. And then I got another guy there who from that organization guy Eduardo. Man, he's real good people. Always look, looking out, taking care of us and stuff like that. They really treat the guys really well there, and you know they pay them you know good money as well. You know, so, right? And they're really. Honestly, this is the cliche that other organizations use, but you know the PFL. These guys are really about the fighters, man. You That's know, what's up, man. You know they're really about the fighters, and you know you fight, you win, you you. Listen, you, you know what? Won. Listen, listen. Let, 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 I want to be clear with this. I know this is the black sheep perspective, and we're doing a whole lot of MMA talk. But let me be clear about this, whether whether it's on... We're doing some love talk, too, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing some... Love we did hour. some crime shit, Yo. some hood shit. We did some love hour. Yeah, you should have Barry White playing in the background when we're going on about our love and sensitivities, brother. <laughs> but if, if one day we're going to get Gus up to up to the skill where he's Mike, just going to be... Hold on a full, second. Just full of buttons like like Swiss, like oh, Swiss beats. He's oh. just going to be ready with everything. Well, hold on, <laughs> Hold on. Let me look into the camera. My name is Mikey Rod. I'm a cancer. I like... Chardonnay, long walks on the beach, poetry, <laughs> and my favorite color is magenta. 
Holy fuck. Does that shit work? <laughs> oh, Open shit. your eyes, Wes. What's up, man? That's it. That's it. It's over with. That's it. Hey, hey, girls, if you'd like to get high, you want to have some good times, talk some shit, we can finish the conversation later. Mikey, um, you have that big one coming up with PFL, which yeah. is great. And by the way, what I was what I was gonna say was, as much as I adore the UFC, um, like like most real fans do, it it does not, it's not we're not gonna we're not gonna blanket the bullshit that they do, and they got a lot of bullshit going on. A lot of it has to do with their pay towards the yeah. fighters. Yeah. Um, that was always the biggest deal. Now now it's becoming a fucking fiasco with just. Who draws more money? Yeah, it's a not, popularity. It's not about who's worth it, man. And that that sucks when you're a real, you know, MMA enthusiast, when you're a real fan and you know that somebody deserves it and somebody doesn't. The fact that Brock Lesnar was even in a conversation for Daniel Cormier. Fuck Brock just, Lesnar. CM Punk fighting in the UFC. That, right there it went all on. downhill. It just Things started going downhill from there. I don't want to say since Brock because the first time Brock Kind of earned it. It was cool. It was fine. Mm. He had he was two and zero, oh. but he was also a decorated and, wrestler. Yeah, CM and, Punk, and he was, was still he was still Brock. So you get it, you know. Dana White made fucking Kimbo, you know, uh, work his way up to get a fight, even though yeah. he lost in the show. He made him, and he still lost again. And, and Dana White yeah. stuck to his word. And it is what it is. Shout outs to Ferg, man. Nothing but love for the homie, man. But rest um, in peace. Yeah, man. But. It became a shit show when things started becoming what they're becoming. And sorry, but one of your boys, your Kobe Covington, is part of that bullshit. And it is what it is. Still, UFC still has, for the most part, the best of the best. Yeah. Now, hands down. Aside from that, Bellator, not the last one to just pass, the one before that. 12 fights, 12 finishes. I think it was seven knockouts, two TKOs, and three. Submissions. That's amazing. Bellator is stepping their shit up. PFL, just dropping bombs right now. It's just great to watch. And something that I give USC major props on is not the events, even though they're doing good. It's the fucking show, dog, the contender series. Yeah. That shit is fuck. I think that's what PFL is. Mm. To me, PFL is if you want to make it to the next level, you got to give it all you got right here. And that's why PFL is so good. But that's also the contender series. These mm-hmm. cocksuckers are like, if you want to make it to the UFC, it's not, hey, let me fight at this local event, uh, event and just win and just I'll keep winning and eventually I'll get found. Mm-hmm. No, it's you and you got invited by the UFC to film on the UFC. And if you do well enough, you'll make it to the UFC. And that's why that series is so well. PFL is doing the same exact thing. So those fights are fucking phenomenal. You got to have some incentive, you know. Of course. Of course. You have to. You got to respect the game. It is what it is. It doesn't matter how much shit we can talk about the UFC. Mm-hmm. They are the top dogs. They are yeah, the NFL. They're, the, they're the NFL, and that's just that. I just so. I just don't I just don't care for how some people say, hey, I got to make this money. I, I just got to get, you know, I got to make. The way they, it's like, it seems like they'll do anything to for fame and for cash. It's like they'll sell themselves and sell their souls and stuff like that. It's I'm common, just, Mike. You know that. Yeah, but I'm just I just, I'm just not about that, man. I mean, it's like I won't do anything for money. It's like, what do you do for money? If the guy tell you pull your pants down, let me, you know, put my finger in your ass. You're gonna give him. You know, hey, whoa, that's a whole other podcast, and his name being filmed in this fucking house. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, come on, man. It's sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know. Of Maintain course. your integrity, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
you know, so I'm not, I'm, I, I get it. You're, you know, it's, it's a, it's price fighting and you're doing it for money, but be careful how you sell yourself. Right. Yeah. It's like, if you're, a, especially if you're a female and you're a fighter, you know, or just to say female in general, but just say, use this as, a, as an example, female fighter, you know, and you're out there promoting yourself and stuff like that and objectifying yourself sexually. I'm like, what do you want to be remembered as? You want to yeah, be yeah. remembered as a fighter or you want to be remembered you know who as that a girl to? with the ass all hanging out? Paige Van Zandt. No, a little bit, but not really. I mean, not a little bit. She told Dana White in an interview that she makes more money off of Instagram. Uh, she did it with Ariel Hawani, but, but yes, you're right. Um, I mean, it got back to Dana. What's her name, bro? The blonde chick. She didn't fight Tisha. She did fight Tisha. What blonde chick? The ditty oh, airhead I, one. I know who you're talking about. I'm cool with her. She's no, she's a cool chick. Yeah, me, but I'm friends with her. She was friends. just all over the internet after the show, after the tough yeah. show. Felice. She was Felice, Felice Herring. Oh, the Felice skinny, Herring. skinny, skinny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rip, ripped up. After the show. Yeah, people think she, you know she was all over the internet. I'm talking about almost damn near playboying it up. <laughs> but you know what? But you know how much money she made? I don't know, but she made plenty. Now, but what's yeah, she's the swap? Actually, but she's actually, you know what? You know, I've gotten you know. To she's know actually like that. No, I actually got to know. That's her a it. Bit. She's actually, she's actually not a bad person. It doesn't matter. You're right, Mikey. Yeah. I'm not saying she is, but listen, she scared the back. What I'm saying is, let's not let's not fucking that like because you on camera, or you make it to the UFC in any shape or form, that you don't have some some form of scumbag, whore, whatever shit face, whatever person in you. You know, you just made it on camera. You just you you just got the fight on TV. You're still whoever you are. I'm not saying Felice is anything, mm -hmm. but that's just with everybody. You know, you see people on camera, you see them on TV, and you just think all kind of things. I think George, you know, is one of the very few who. Hey guys, just want to check in for a quick second and I want to remind you that if you like what you're hearing, if you're kind of following us just a little bit, but you want to know more about us, how about make that extra effort? Look us up on Black Sheep 305 on Instagram, Gus Villamil on Instagram, find us on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, there's a lot of stuff out there. Look us up guys, we really appreciate the support, we want everybody on board. Thanks again, let's get back to the show. I never want people to get... All right, for instance, I'll put it on blast. I don't give a fuck. He might never be in here. He might hear about this, but Yoel. Yoel has a real bad rap in the community, in the local gyms. Yoel has a bad rap because all the fighters who know him and know who he trained with, and and I'm not talking about ATT, Coconut Creek. Right. I can't speak for them. I can talk about ATT, Kendall. Right. I can talk about, uh, which is now Freedom Fighters, I can talk about at least nine or ten people who 100% stick by the word that Yoel was supposed to pay people a whole lot more and never did, not once but twice. And that taints him big time. Another thing is, you know, God's child, God's soldier. And and I'm not a religious person. I'm, I'm agnostic. So... It, it's, you know, to to hear somebody talk about religion in such a fashion and claim to be such a person in regards to the symbolization and then to know that <laughs> behind everybody's back, he's a whore bag, he's infidelity like a motherfucker. It's and, disrespectful. You know, it's, it's, it's like, come on, man. So who's supposed to do what? Should I be quiet and not say this? Cause I'm from Miami. Cause I know what he's really done. Cause I know the real scoop. Cause this, this, and that. Or is this one of those cold, you know, 
mm-hmm. code of code of this, or is it my is it my duty to tell people out there, hey man, even if you see a fighter on this, even if they claim that, even if they you know, you you got to believe a quarter of it and dig deeper to find out how yeah. they really are. There's very few people who really show who they are. Michael Bisbee, fuck yeah, that's who he really is. Masvidal, that's who he really is. Um, I think Mighty Mouse, that's who he really is. Conor you can't McGregor. say that about John Jones. Conor McGregor, unfortunately, that's who he really is. He's a fucking idiot right now. He fucking pissed away too much money for being stupid, but that's who he really is. These are people who, Khabib, that's who he really is. These are people who they really are. I respect that. That's what we talk about, keeping 100, being real, so on and so forth. Even coaches and how they are. That's who they really are. So I just hate when, when people get that limelight and they make others think the wrong thing. It's it's. it's it's not misleading. It's not them. Mm-hmm. It's deceptive. It's the people who just think, oh, they're on TV. They're this, they're that. They can't be scum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, on the contrary. They, 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 they put this vision in their mind. Oh, my idol, this and this. And they put them up on a pedestal. Meanwhile, you, exactly. don't, you don't even know who they are. You know who fanboys and fangirls do that. And that's yeah. another shit that I don't, I'm not down with. Fanboys and fangirls. Yeah. You're a fangirl, fanboy, man. Listen. I'm not, no offense, I appreciate you being a fan, but I just can't vibe with that type of energy, fanboy, yeah. fangirl. I just, I'm just not down you with. You praise it. another human being. Yeah, you we're did not you, did, on the same energy. Like. Did you say that on your own, or have I told you that same thing? Because I say that shit all the time, bro. No, that's just how I feel. That's because my dad said it feels the same way. If you praise another human being, yeah. I, 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 bro. I think I remember. I think it was two days ago. There's nothing um, wrong with being fond of somebody. Or, uh, you know, admiring somebody yeah, or something. Admiring. But when you're of, like, you know you know what I'm talking about, that over, overboard fanboy, you know, fangirl. 100%. Bro, oh, that, that, uh, that becomes a weakness. It's like, like that, that whole that, crying, that, that, like that crying when you see somebody. I'll never understand that. that. Of course, we can never understand that. But even what he's talking about, when you show that, it's not that everybody thinks maliciously, but you have to think at some point, oh, my God, you're so vulnerable right now. I can do anything I want with you. Big time. And then, Boom. From that point on, everything R. changes. Kelly. What you do with it is what R. you do Kelly. with it. <laughs> R. Kelly right there. I can piss on you right now, and you'll be okay with it. Wes, which, which <laughs> Why did you go there, bro? Why did you have to you bring know, R. Kelly into this? Hey, Wes, what you said is real true, Michael man. Jackson, too. That vulnerability. Yes. You make yourself vulnerable because those people, for the most part, that know you're a fanboy or fangirl, whatever it is, they'll know, and they're like, ah. I got that. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Let me go ahead and so play so it out. so so. Here's the unfortunate part: is is is, is Zach piggybacking, piggybacking exactly what you just said. I don't want to say that anybody will do it, but when you're given power, back to fucking Spider Man, the original movie, son, with power comes great responsibility. True that. Okay, whose camera was that? What was that? that was mine. Okay. Um, when people get given get, get given or, or allotted a certain power, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what it is. Oh my god, baby, that was the best pussy ever. Boom, that's it. That bitch from here on now has you by the balls. You just fucking told her she has the best pussy ever. She's got you. And she might be a church girl. She might be like, oh fuck. He just said I got the best shit ever. And then you just don't know what comes next. But to give somebody that much praise. Yes, man, it's a very touchy topic. I, I think you should only do it to I don't want I don't know. I don't want to stick my guns to it, but parents, mm-hmm. if they're the right ones. Mm-hmm. Figures, people who who have such an impact on your life, like you that you talked about the uh, the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um 
those type of people. When when you when 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 Dustin, oh my God, I love that story. When Dustin did that for his wife, for his wife, after he won the the interim, mm-hmm. that shit almost made me cry. It's touching, bro. Bro, all I thought was that's no disrespect, Dustin. That's a real bitch. That's a fucking ride or die bitch. That's a Bonnie and Clyde fucking story if you can tell one. It's not about Robin. It's not about this. It's about that bitch said, you know what, Dustin, I don't even think you're that good, but I love you, motherfucker, and I'm going to show you my commitment until we're going to stop. So let's do this. And she fucking sacrificed, dog. And, you know, the, the, what he said that she did for him broke and the only one with the bro, car and this and that. Like, bro, I mean, I've been around them, you know, a few times and stuff like that. And um, and from from what I see, it's like, um, you know, his relationship with his wife, that's his best, best friend. Best friend. There you go. That's what that's what that's what the that's the best ideal relationship. I love dude. that yeah. shit, bro. Let me best tell you how it's supposed to be, bro. That's what that's what that's supposed Gus, to be. It's Gus not it's, it's not we've been through this, bro. No, you man, know, Gus hit it. we're, Gus we're hit great, it. you know. Gus hit it. Yeah. That's Gus hit it, and that's the term I use. It's the way it's supposed to be. It should not be somebody back. that you hold yourself back away from, that you give ninety percent, that oh, with your friends you're a certain way. No, you should no. the same way you are with your wife or your girlfriend is the same way you should be with your best friends. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it has to be like this but in my ideal world my baby's hanging and banging right with us we smoking we talking shit we watching football we shooting exactly pool how. we doing whatever I want my girl exactly. right fucking there exactly. what's, what's up babe about. what's up smack her on the ass I, I I, she can hug it out with y'all the same way I would hug it out with y'all I'm Dude. not thinking nothing different she's one she's one of us Wes, I'm she's one of us I'm 100 100%. with that I'm 100 with that it's like a, she gotta be able to roll with me like that you know what I mean I, I want that she gotta be able to roll with me and like yeah. that's the ideal situation of all situations in a relationship a lot of dudes it's, it's don't the think best, like that it's though, the best bro. one like that I've had that so I see it I've I've seen how it is and that's the best way to have it so what about the dudes and I don't want to get off topic because I know we're closing down but what about the dudes who are literally like yo I got a bad mama jamma and I know that majority of dudes out there are scumbags and I know that you know if I if I walk away from my girl if I don't show enough domination not on her but towards towards the lion towards the you know the pack the herd mm-hmm. Somebody's going to go up to her and disrespect me. Somebody's going to go up to her and try to lure her. Somebody's going to, you know, I got to keep her on a short leash. What do you say to that? Insecurities? Hell yeah. yeah. 100% insecurities. I agree. I'm like this. Look, um, I want her to be who she is, and I'm going to love her because of who she is. And if she's going to be a hoe, <laughs> I ain't going to be with her. I ain't going to be a pimp. Danny, you over here interrupting a podcast, my brother. You're the first. You're the first phone call I ever answer on the podcast, and I'm only doing it because you're my brother. All right, brother. Yeah, because you you have to let someone be. So it so. I'm in agreement with, you know, if you got too much insecurity, you won't let them. If you got security, or if you feel like, hey, I might not feel that confident about her, but I'm gonna let her hang herself. Yeah. So go hang with the homies. Because at the end of the day, I want you to hang with the homies. But if letting you hang with the homies is going to bring the bitch out you and the hoe out you and the disrespectful whatever out you, then yeah. let that happen now. You know what happens eventually? What happens? The truth reveals itself. Yep. 100%. Yes, that's right. So it's like, you know, you can go ahead and not want to think that way. You're like, no, nah, I don't want to think. But it's like sometimes it's like the truth to reveal itself because if she's real and she's your real, real uh, ride or die, 
Shit ain't going to happen like that. You know, and if it does happen, she ain't your real ride or die. It's crazy that that we got Mikey Rod over here who was talking about gangster shit (laughs) 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 and fucking Harlem and upbringings and mob shit. And I don't even remember that that Italian mobster's fucking name. What was his name? Tony what? Salerno. Tony Salerno. Tony, don't get well, me killed. Listen, we that's not <laughs> even half of it. You should see when I worked with the organized crime group and an FBI group. Oh my God, there's another, more stories. And plus, like, growing up in that in that environment and working organized crime, you know, as a detective, you know, you see so much. Well, the, this is definitely only uh, one of many many podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many podcasts, whether it's going to be uh, another Black Sheep uh, Perspective podcast or on that MMA tip when we got something hot going on or whatever. But, um, Mikey, I-, I can't tell you how much I can be honest with you now. Um, not on some groupie love shit, man, but me, <laughs> me, me, me and me and uh, Gus were very, 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 very excited about today. Yeah, we, especially we, me. I'm, I'm, I probably didn't show it, but that's why I've been quiet the whole time I yeah, talk man. a lot. I've just been... I've uh, I truly after this I do admire you. It's, oh, I appreciate it's, it, man. Appreciate it, it, it. It, it. It's dope to have somebody like you on the show. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate that, it, man. That, I appreciate, listen, bro. I appreciate the love, you know. And, and it's just like I just like I said when when we wanted me to come down. I said, listen, man. We're just gonna keep this shit one hundred. There's nothing for me that's off bounds. You ask me, and I, you know, I tell you stuff. Right. I mean, as far as my personal life, my background, and you know. Um, you know, because everything I've done in my life has led me here today. So, right. you know, I mean, it's all it's all living. It's all, you know, lessons in life. And, you know, this is the path that's been laid out for me. So it's like, you know, this is where I am. So, I mean, I can only do one thing in my life. If there's anything I can do, I can only do one thing. And I can only be honest and be truthful and be real. You know, nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can take my, my honor, my, my integrity away. Nobody. You know, peop- I can give it away. People, That's people, the only way somebody will have it. People, am, people don't understand the, the the how significant it is to do something like that. Like it's kind of I don't know how, how can I say it? it's hard to convince fake motherfuckers to be real because they don't understand the quality of what's behind real. Because being real is is very difficult because it comes with a lot of backlash. It comes with a lot of pain. It comes with like, damn, I had to tell Gus, you're not as cute as you think you are. You're looking kind of flat today. You've never. T- Your breath is a little funky. <laughs> Whatever it might be, it's hard to tell somebody you care about. It takes a lot of balls to do that, especially if you care about them. So, so that needs to, in my opinion, that that holds so much more ground. Therefore, it's so much easier to just be like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna say that." Yeah, I'm gonna just, and that's what that's what we consider fake. So, being real, being straightforward, being transparent, letting people know what it is that got you where you're at why you are the way you are and 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 why you're going to maintain this bar that you have it's, it's 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 admirable like 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 Gus said and I think it's dope I think it's awesome um, and it's and it's true Wes it's like you know people like I said before I touched upon it earlier you know they see your public image they see your social media image and they see and they or they read about your successes in life and stuff like that and I've had successes in my life you know I've had failures but you know sometimes what they don't realize and some people don't see is that with a lot of that stuff with your successes and your failures comes a lot of pain and the pain that we you know we have to deal with in life and stuff like that whatever that pain may be you know everybody's different i mean was it what was it that 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 biggie said more more money more problems more money more problems (laughs) more money more problems it's like 
you know, if you just saw me just judge me by my public image on my social media, you wouldn't know my, you know, know anything about me. Right. You wouldn't know how I've been on my own since I'm like, you know, 14, 15 years old. You know what I mean? Have, you wouldn't even know the fact that I've slept in the street before. Right. You know, in a cold tenement building in the hallway. No one would no, no one would ever think that you sold whatever dope you sold. Then then eventually I make official disclaimer on that. I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> then eventually, you know, became, you know, military. Then eventually became a cop. Then I mean a co uh, correction officer. Then whatever happened throughout your CO, because I'll be honest with you, there was a CO who worked at the prison that I worked with. Right? Mm-hmm. He was from New York. Mm-hmm. And he came to Orlando, which is where a lot of New Yorkers come to. Yeah. He came to Orlando, and he used to be almost everything you said. Almost everything you said. And you know what he did, bro? He showed me and one other inmate so much love. He brought us tattoo ink. He brought us food from the turf. I mean, it sounds like silly shit, but that was all his job mm-hmm. at Jeopardy. And oh, he did it for time. us. He did big it for time. us because he, he felt this connection with us, and he showed yeah. us so much love to help us you know, survive in mm-hmm. prison. So, again... Hard decisions, way harder for you dealing with all these mob bosses and this and that. And then yet still you you proceed and you become a detective and you keep going and and here you are, man. And, and I think it speaks volumes for anybody out there listening and whether they might have been in your situation, they are in your situation, or um they aspire to be in your situation. You know, you gotta you gotta hustle, you gotta grind, you're gonna go through ups and downs. I think more importantly, what you kind of symbolize is Hold your ground. Hold your ground. Set that bar up. And if you got to raise it, you fucking raise it. And if you get kicked in the dick, guess what? All right, cool. I don't want to get kicked in the dick again. So I'm going to raise that bar even more. Don't fucking lower it. Don't settle for less. Don't go the rinky-dink way. Keep it 110. Sure. And it's always going to progress in your life. Right? That's the truth. Might Might be a painful road, but... Most of the time it works. Most of the time it works, man. Man, Mikey, uh, I love you to death, bro. I can't wait. We're going to do this again real soon because yeah, I know bro, we... let me know. Listen, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get knucklehead fucking Fred, Damian McLean. <laughs> we're going to bring his ass down here. You're going to sit right there beside him, and it's going to be a fiasco. <laughs> it's going to be part two of a what the fuck, whatever happens. My boy Gus is going to be right there. Um, please, man, let everybody out there know. Where can they follow you at? I don't have a Twitter. All I do is Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I have a Facebook. Twitter, but I don't mess with it no more. I mean, I have a Instagram. It's uh, Mikey Rod Fots. Fight, fought, fight, fought. I My- fought a fight or two. <laughs> <laughs> Too many punches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My Instagram is Mikey Rod Fight Science. It's on Instagram. Mikey Rod. Any fight apostrophes, science. underscores. Yeah, Mikey Rod underscore fight science. Damn, but hey Gus, you've been sharp today, let me, bro. Let me, let me Who get it is right. this? Let me get it I right. love the new guys. I love the new guys. We're going places. Let me, let's it. Okay. <laughs> now, it's uh, actually Mikey Rod underscore fight underscore science. There you go. Even better. On Instagram. So everybody out there, man, please, man, go follow my dude, my homeboy, Mikey. Go ahead, don't put that and, finger. And, up and then, like that. and then, if you if, <laughs> if, if you follow me, if you follow me, don't don't be trying to slide up in my DMs with some stupid shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> listen, he was just talking lovey dub shit. Like, let that 
become what it becomes. If it ain't shit, then he'll hit you up with a DM. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't even know. I don't even know how Mikey balls, but you, you, if, if he doesn't succeed with, with, with Miss Miss whoever, I'm uh, a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Yeah, you definitely are. You definitely are. I'll tell you what. Everybody out there can catch us though, man. You'll probably catch us real soon on the beach. Real, real soon. Once all this hurricane shit passes through, I'm definitely gonna take a ride up there to. Deerfield, right? That's, what, that's the yeah, beach that you guys my, go my, for. Yeah, the beach I, I frequent is Deerfield Beach, but I call it Deerfield de Janeiro. Deerfield de Janeiro because a bunch of brasileiros. Oh, yeah. For real? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Bro, hey, Fort Lottie or Broward? It's no. full of, full of Brazilians. You wouldn't yeah. know it until Boja. you go there. Boja. Boja. Whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> um, I know they got a bunch of sexy chicks. I love Brazilian chicks. Ah, uh, they have two sides. For any, for any of you guys watching, they have the ones that are really, really manly, and then they have the ones that are really, really sexy. Listen, no homo. I'm okay with the manly ones as long as you know your place. Just don't be so, you know. Yo, I don't like a little girly girl. I'm keeping it real. I don't. He likes I don't. Some I, swole. I don't like. Hold up, chill out now. Hold yeah. up, hold up. With a little bit of you're muscle. gonna get a fucking you're gonna get a transy to send me some <laughs> DM. I'm gonna get bombarded with tran tranny DMs and whatnot. <laughs> Is this swollen up for you? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. But I do, I do like some muscle. I do like some ripness. I do. What I do like is, how you doing? Well, I, I like, I like some womanliness, man. I, yeah. I like some like, what's up? What are we doing? Let's go work out. Let's go this. Oh, I never fished before, but I'll fucking punch a fish in the forehead. <laughs> whatever, you know. I don't like that girly shit. Like I don't. Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow. Mikey, man, uh, my, my, my heart. <clears throat> let me tell you something. If if she comes down and says, "Let's <laughs> let's train," my heart starts pumping. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her. I'll give her a shout out because it, she's down to just a few left. <laughs> I'll give my ex a shout out where she used to do that. Man, I used to love that about her. She was about that. She was about you know she was training great too. She's and good. she was good. Yeah, you because know, she had a great coach. Um, she yeah. was good too, okay. but. Hey man, some things are more important than others. And yeah. as much as MMA, you know, training is amazing. If you got way more important shit that's not balancing out, you know, our equation, <clears throat> then it's time to move on. That's what happened. And it's time to move on right here. All so, right. my boy, Mikey Rodriguez, infamous, my dude, man, it's been such a blessing. It's been an honor. I can't wait till the next one. Gus, you were fucking phenomenal today, dog. You can tell we're getting our shit together, huh? We're yeah. getting our shit together. Before we? we end, before we end. Uh, Mikey, super, super happy to be able to talk to you. I was telling Wes, I was really, really excited about it. Yeah. Thank Being you. able to get the insight from somebody else, it's 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 an honor to speak to you. Wes, super grateful for you and your friendship. Thank and you, brother. me along on this. Thank you, brother. I'll never take it for granted. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Everybody listening out there, please don't forget, follow me at BlackSheep305 on Instagram. I pretty much don't got anything else. I would not give you my email, you sick bastards. And follow <laughs> Gus at Gus underscore... Oh. Just Gus Villamil. I'm the OG Gus Villamil. There's no one else. You're like not me. an OG, bro. There's nobody like you. You can't talk like that in front of fucking Mikey Rod. You can't you can't I'm say that. I'm not the OG. My dad's <laughs> the OG. <laughs> but follow follow Gus at Gus Villamil. I hate to say it like that. V-I-L-L-A-M-I-L Villamil. Um on Instagram. He doesn't really get much down with anything else. And um Guys, if you if you're catching this now, I don't know when you're gonna catch it. We've been holding back a little bit on the uh the, the podcast only because of just minor setbacks, but we're about to um be on and popping. And Mikey's probably the second one 
since we've gotten legit, but to me, the most important guest that we've had, and I've been so much, oh, you know, thank you, my man. hyped up for. That, like, that's, that's like, without a doubt, without a doubt, man. 100%, so, 100%. Looking forward to so many more big things, man. Hey, everybody out there, be safe, show love, be optimistic, be positive, and, uh, you know, remember all the things that Mikey told us, man. Just be patient, wait for it, set the bar high. Keep striving. Don't let all these bad influences make you feel like you can't take it to the next level because you can. He's the, he's one of the biggest examples of it. And uh, man, love, peace, and hair grease, man. <laughs> Out of here. Peace.